All right, welcome everybody. Hope you're all having a good day so far. Uh, this is a late night show where we're going to go through all of the news that has broken since just a couple hours ago. So I've been digging here. Uh, lots of people are out there digging, looking for possible election fraud, looking for just what happened. You know, what, what, what explains these huge numbers? What explains these anomalies? Just kind of a post, um, post-mortem on the election situation. So uh, let's just dive right in. Welcome to the Late Night Show. We are going to have open lines. So let me make sure I have the chat open. If anybody wants to be on the, uh, the show, just wave me down in the chat. And then uh, get into the waiting room on Discord. And then I will come join you and we'll take your call. So open lines, if anybody wants to, just let me know. Herd Bull and Steve Putland are the first in the chat. Thank you for being here. Herd Bull says, sounds like a battle. Oh yeah, it's a battle. And um, a lot of it's happening in closed door meetings. Closed, uh, behind closed doors is the expression I'm looking for. So uh, let's dive in here. It looks like we have 25 people watching. Great, great size crowd on the backup channel. Uh, if you're new over here, definitely make sure to hit the add channel button. If you haven't already. Okay, let's let's get into this. This was an interesting thing that's uh, that happened uh, with propositions that I think a lot of people missed. It says here, NPR Politics on Twitter, as presidency hinges on a handful of states, some have made a popular vote pact or pack. Um, so they've they've made an agreement basically. Once all of the states in this pact agree. Uh, gets at least 270 votes total aggregated between all the people, all the states. Once we hit 270 as a pact, then what we can do is we will just go with whoever the popular vote says won. So it's kind of like a trippy... Um, <laughs> it's kind of hard to make sense of this. It's basically like a workaround to the Electoral College, obviously, but a workaround more to the... Um, compromise that happened where it's kind of a balance between uh, giving states the right to choose and giving people the right to choose. So every state has a certain amount of votes, um, but the bigger states, if they have a lot of people, get more votes. But it's a little, it's, it gives a bigger voice to the tiny states um, and a lesser voice to the huge states. So it's a bit of a compromise. And what the liberals want is these big states to uh, to have a bigger say. I mean, that's the way I'm interpreting it. I'm no political scientist or anything like that. I'm just trying to make sense of why are they doing this? Uh, because it seems like the Democrats usually win the popular vote and then they get frustrated because they didn't win the electoral college. And this is kind of a workaround that allows them to try to win even though they can't get the votes I don't know. It's it's very strange to me. So let's dive into here. Um, on Tuesday, voters in Colorado affirmed uh, that they joined into the not the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact. It was a narrow narrow victory, fifty two to forty eight percent. It just shows how how democracy. You know, two wolves deciding what's for dinner. Two wolves and a lamb deciding what's for dinner. Right. If you just happen to be in the 48%, you're screwed. 
if they just want to make a meal out of you, right? And um, that's kind of what they're doing. They're taking away certain people's voice voices in favor of other people's voices. And they can make the argument that everybody should have exactly the same say in who becomes president. And I think that that's a, you know, a fair argument. But, um, and I'd be okay with that too. But my problem, you know, recently has been these elections seem very fraudulent. So if, if somehow we have like a organized crime state in terms of counting the ballots and they're, they're rigging it in some, some aspect, then they can pass these types of propositions and they can, they can load up those ballot boxes nice and full. No Republicans will even care to come out there to LA and, and so on and so forth and oversee everything. So maybe that's why we're seeing such high popular vote. I don't know. I really don't know what's going on in these um, meetings, but I like to try to make things consistent. And what, and one thing that's not consistent, one thing that has a contradiction is that they're trying to deny poll watchers from being able to oversee and supervise what they're doing. And it seems like it's the Democrats who are trying to prevent poll watching. And it seems like the Republicans are being frustrated because they're not being allowed in to watch the polls. And it just begs the question, why, why is such uh, behavior going on? Let me show you a quick clip about that. A quick clip. If I can find it soon enough. I think it's on Trump's tweet. Has it already been deleted? <laughs> I, I had a video the other... Oh, here it is. Okay. I had it backed up, but I was like, that's weird how they buried this down here. 2.8 thousand retweets. And why did this stuff end up ahead? I guess because it's under Trump, right? So, junk. But look at this. At this time, I'm asking Mr. Daniel Sims to allow these 19 people in so that they can assist with the counting, just as the Democrats are in counting. Now, Mr. Sims has said that there are COVID rules that he cannot break, and therefore he's not allowing these people in. If that is the case, let's take 10 or 12 or 15 Democrats out and let 10 or 12 or 15 or 19 Republicans in. These, these fine people have been on a rooftop in the sun. Uh, they are well-behaved, well-groomed, uh, all uh, cooperative and patient. And they merely want their opportunity to help count and watch the counting. And everyone in this country now knows that overnight, 200,000 votes were suddenly appeared in the city of Detroit. That's a lot of counting. And those, if there's 19 Democrats down there that are counting, it's only fair that 19, now the number looks to be about 25, should be permitted to go down and count just like the Democrats. So I'm asking you, Mr. Daniel Sims, Please allow these Michigan residents to come in at this time. It's now 3.26 p.m. and many of them have been up here two hours. I called them and I asked them to come up. And they, and they took days out of their working schedule. They, they, they took a half day, a day to assist with the democracy of this country. That's right. That's right. And now they're being told they gotta wait on a rooftop because 
because there are COVID rules and it doesn't make sense. The building is acres and acres. They all have face masks. And if there's 15 or 20 Democrats, then 15 or 20 Republicans should be let in, alternately at least. Exactly. They all have masks on. None of them appears to be sick, and nor have you asked them if they're sick. You could simply ask each one, do you have any COVID symptoms? No. 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 Do any of you have, have you, any of you been with anyone in COVID that has COVID in the past 24 hours? No. no. All right, so uh, that's pretty remarkable. They they said uh, due to COVID, we can't let any Republicans in here. I guess they they the Republicans are undesirable, and uh, and uh, super spreaders or something. I don't get the logic, but apparently Democrats. There's a certain capacity, guys. So there's a, a certain number certain number of Democrats that you're allowed to have in there, and a certain number of Republicans. And there's you got to work out some some algebra. Because there's a ratio, you can have more Democrats in there than Republicans, and basically no Republicans, and then just allow as many Democrats to show up, um, or something like that. I'm trying to make sense of the rule. That's the best I can describe it so far. So that type of shenanigans is happening all across the country, and uh, I'm wondering, okay, is this somehow a backdoor deal they're trying to work in order to steal elections with um, the popular vote pact here? So uh, this has already taken on a number of states. Um, let me just go to the site itself. Nationalpopularvote.com slash written dash explanation. Agreement amongst the states to elect the president by national popular vote. The compact will guarantee the presidency to the candidate who receives the most popular votes across all 50 states and the District of Columbia. The compact ensures that every vote in every state will matter in every presidential election. The compact is a state-based approach that preserves the Electoral College, state control of elections, not really, and the power of the states to control how the president is elected. I'll give them that one, but the, the states are basically giving away their own right to, to use all their votes as they see fit, and they're just joining the collective Borg. Uh, let's see who's in the Borg so far. Four small states, Delaware, Hawaii, Rhode Island, Vermont, eight medium-sized state states, Colorado, Connecticut, Maryland, Massachusetts, or is that Maine? I think that's Maine, excuse me, M-A. Uh, New Jersey, New Mexico, Oregon, Washington. Uh, three big states, California, Illinois, New York, and the District of Columbia. So uh, the, bill will take effect, will, the bill will take effect when enacted by states with 74 more electoral votes. So they're already at 196 with this pact. This is going to like completely change how elections get run in the United States if enough states pass and agree to this pact with various propositions. Now, what if they're using software? What if they're using software like um, Dominion Voting Systems, which pushed out an update and broke some machines in Georgia? And uh, a lot of people are questioning whether it was involved in... What's the other one? Michigan. 
speaking of Michigan, that was the, where we watched this video. Detroit right here. This guy. Who brought, who brought up a good idea. He's like, and I was just joking about that algebra to determine how many Republicans and Democrats you can have in. It should be obvious, you know, half and half. Um, and I, I'm not a big fan for COVID restrictions. If they can't, if they can't deal with people, then they shouldn't be poll watchers. See, I look at it completely different. It's like, no, I don't default to freaking out about a virus when something as important as Joe Biden possibly becoming president is at stake. <laughs> and I'm just being a little bit facetious, but Joe Biden does scare me more than Trump. And um, I think that's by design, honestly. Like, I think they're trying to to really make this a roller coaster ride for all sides, even for people who who uh, aren't happy right now and for the people that are happy right now, because it's all going to switch, I think. And uh, we're going to we'll, we'll see what happens. And at this time, let's take a phone call. Let's take a phone call. Um, oh, I, I thought there was somebody in the waiting room. But uh, Babu says the Trumpers scare you. Well, yeah, a lot of people scare me. A lot of people scare me. There's a lot of cult-like behavior all around. But uh, the average Trump person, I'm not concerned with at all. Um, although, yeah, I think a lot of people are driven to Trump and will support mistakes that he makes because um, he they, they see him as being victimized so much they have to right the scales. They They see somebody else having their finger on the scale and they feel like they have to prevent it from being pushed down as much. I understand. Or maybe they just really like Trump. Maybe it's beyond my my assessment there. I, I don't know. But it seems like maybe with the reverse psychology, maybe Trump's this great guy who's actually getting attacked. And if that's the case, that's another reason why they might really like him. You know, I'm not going to say they're wrong. I'm just saying that I don't I don't see it the same way they do. But I do hope he can pull this off. But I don't, I've never done any campaigning or told anyone to vote for anyone. I just want it to all be fair, to be honest. So, uh, interesting about their, okay, here, here's our. I'm trying to bring somebody onto the panel. All right, are you with us, T-I-Y? Uh, caller, are you uh, with us? Let me check my settings. Yeah, I guess he doesn't have his audio set up. All right, well, if anybody wants to call in, that's the number in the chat. Have your mic ready, please. Um, next up. Next up, um, as presidents... Well, we, are, we already read this one. There's a lot to cover here. And there'll probably be more to break while we're covering this. I'm just going to skip over the rest of this national public vote. You guys get it. So this is the current election results. Joe Biden has 290. Trump has 214. Um, there's one that he's already saying he's going to contest pretty hard right here. November 7th, Trump campaign files suit on rejected votes in Arizona. So let's check out where Arizona stands. I think they might have even updated it or, or maybe Nevada. Let's check out those two 
they've called him for Biden, a lot of these outlets. But um, see, I already forgot which one we were looking at. Uh, Arizona, right? That's the one that his lawsuit covers. It's just a 19,000, actually a little less than 19,000, like 187. 18,700, if I'm doing the math right, uh, that Trump's behind in Arizona with 10% left, which is only 0.5% difference there. And in, in Nevada, which looks sketchy, if you ask me, looking at these press conferences and their policies and stuff, Joe Biden uh, has a solid lead there. That's interesting. Okay. So let's keep rolling here. People are talking about this update. In Georgia, there's software update or machine or hardware update or something. I guess it would be software, right? Or data update or something. Broke two counties in Georgia's election machines made by, you guessed it, Dominion Voting Systems. So the question is, why were they pushing stuff so late before the election? I mean, we need to know what type of data. It, maybe it was just the voter roll data or something, like syncing up the new registrations or, or something. I guess that kind of makes sense. But why would it break the, the software? It should just fail to put some rows in the database. So, uh, you know, I've been checking around to see what people think about it. A lot of people have been sharing this post here. I just wanted to read this. I don't agree with everything in here, but I think it's a good springboard for conversation. So it says, bad, 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 really really bad, bad. <laughs> Being a software developer, I suspect those cities had a different version. That would explain the update they received. This must be hand counted. This update could make it less worse, not fix it. Someone with a bigger voice see this. So I agree with that. He says, this must be hand counted. I, I totally think we need to hand count everything. And I'm also a computer guy. I don't know why we're trusting these companies with no like where's the public oversight it should all be in the public domain and it should be foolproof but no 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 no. they're going to just give out tons and tons of u.s money taxpayer money uh creating play creating ways they can get around having a paper trail so um let's see what they quote here the election wizard georgia the company is uploading or excuse me the company's quote up Uploaded something last night, which is not normal, and it caused a glitch. <laughs> Uploaded something last night, which is not normal. Not normal, excuse me? And it caused a glitch. What do you mean not normal? Also, they say that the vote, the, the machines aren't supposed to be connected to the internet. That's another thing I, f I forgot. So it can't be normal. Uh, because, you know, I, I was giving them the benefit, of the, the, the benefit of the doubt and thinking maybe they were syncing up some data some new like voter registration data or something, but they're not supposed to be connected to the, to the internet. So any design they make should, should not have to use an internet connection. And the fact that it's pushing stuff to it the night before sounds like probably a breach of the agreement. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know what kind of agreements the States make with these people, but I'm surprised there's not QA and a bunch of CYA, you know, cover your, your butt. <laughs> Um, language in there to keep these vendors accountable. All right, so let's just go read what this guy says. Uh, he says, or she says, 
The problem is machines in one location can be on software 1.02, and then machines in another location can be on software 1.03, and now these machines can be on 1.04. This is it. This is how they stole it. I don't know what you're talking about, Invest uh, Magic. It's sad that this is the best take on here. Um, the update could consist of anything, really. And uh, yeah, it's possible they had some some version control. Um, <laughs> it's possible that they were updating and some machines were running an older version or something, but how can he say this so definitively? Like, I don't think we understand enough what's going on to say that's how they stole it. So I, I don't like this type of random speculation, but this is like what I have to go through. I just wanted to address what some people are saying. Um, moving on here, it says, now the problem is you probably don't have an audit trail of which machines are on and which, and now you can't reproduce or reproduce it. It also doesn't mean the problem is fixed. It just means it may be worse or less worse. And you don't know the original bug or how to reproduce it. I can't scream loud enough how vitally important this is in the software world. Also, if the company can't or can just upload the data, it means these machines are not isolated. You cannot throw out the possibilities of manual correction of data. Okay, now it's getting interesting. I see why I included this. Yeah, the machines are not isolated if they can just upload data to it. Uh, and it's possible manual overrides of stuff or uh, fraud electioneering i cannot scream any louder find the software version or the last modified date of the software and audit all ballots by hand typically the software reads from a data set csv excel sql mysql no sql those can be manipulated that's true anytime you're storing data on a computer you're probably gonna be using like a database or file system hopefully they're not using csv or excel or anything um but who knows these things? <laughs> I don't trust them at all. Here's more evidence. They say AP news, new election systems use vulnerable software. This must be a little old. I don't see them talking about that right now. Uh, what's this? Clinton foundation contributors, dominion voting. DeLion Project. Donated to who? The Clinton Foundation? Yeah, I had heard that the Clinton Foundation was tied to the DeLion Project, but I thought that they donated to the Clinton, or I thought that the Clinton donation set up this thing. I didn't know that they got donations from it. Is that right? Did they make money off of selling Dominion voting to third world countries or something? I'd like to know more about that. Oh, this is interesting. Check this out. This is a, a map. You see Dominion voting systems here. The founder, president, John Paulos. Board member. Lobbying firm. And I hear that the lobbying firm uses um, in, like one of Pelosi's top aides or previously her top aide or something. Um, Staple Street Capital owns Dominion Voting Systems. And then you get into who runs that company. Lehman Brothers, former employer. Okay. Interesting. 
Let's see if there's anything else here. Go to the district then that had 6,000 vote change and count it by hand. You'll find it all right there. There hasn't been enough time to even exercise proper SDLC unless they have had those exact votes under those circumstances. There's no way to duplicate it. If you think poll workers, supervisors can adequately assist, then go to your local geek squad. Moving the goalpost. Okay, this is in my wheelhouse. Let's roll. Okay, so here's the final step. We need to get all successful and failed logins to each machine. Successful login attempt report. New report for administrators to generate. Okay, that's interesting as well. Okay, I just wanted to cover that, but people are eyeing this uh, software. And uh, Dominion is just one of the major vendors. The other vendors might need to be looked at too. I think everything should be looked at. These are some weird numbers we're getting in. So uh, I'm looking here. This is where I first saw an interesting discussion board. It says here, in this case, Georgia is claiming the software company responsible for some piece of election software pushed a patch. The whole, quote, uploaded something thing. <laughs> which caused some sort of glitch. Unless Georgia has an audit trail which tracks what machines are on what versions of the software, unlikely, it is now impossible to replicate that glitch. If, for example, their machines were running software version, let's say 1.03, and the update pushed by the software moved it to 1.05 during a count, and that caused a glitch, you should be able to replicate that by downloading, downgrading back to 1.03. Okay, this is boring. It, I mean, yeah, they could have pushed anything and it could have been either a mistake or bad faith, you know, uh, fraud. So I, I just wanted to cover that. Okay, this is the next thing I wanted to show. Lee Dundas, Dundas and she's a uh, civil rights lawyer, I believe she'll say here in a second. Uh, she put out a video concerning the um, election numbers that we were covering earlier about the um what these statisticians are saying about the possibility of fraud just by using that algorithm that we covered on the last stream on the main channel. And, uh, you know what, I'll pull that up while she's speaking to show you, but let's listen in uh, to what she says. Hey guys, human rights attorney Lee Dundas here. Uh, I oh, human rights. I think I said civil rights. I think she's human rights. I don't know if there's a difference. She says human rights lawyer. My, my mistake. I have some late breaking news from you right now. It is 1.30 East Coast time Saturday, uh, the days after the election. Uh, I just got off the phone on a conference call with uh, President Trump's campaign and their lawyers. I'd like to go over some of the data that they imparted. Um, the first thing to know is media does not call elections, folks. I repeat, media does not call elections. Elections are done in a standard way that is set forth in our democratic process. Um, and what Donald Trump wants the world to know at this point is this is no longer at this juncture a fight about a president or presidency. This is a fight about the very bedrock of our constitutional republic and the democratic process. You cannot have a free country if you cannot trust the electoral process in that country. If we have widespread voter fraud, we are no different than all of the banana republics across the world, third world countries, communist countries in which I do work. So at this point, Donald Trump isn't fighting for a president or himself. He is fighting literally for the democratic process, for the electoral process and the integrity of it. And here's the thing, if we don't win this and get rid of all of this evil and this, these electoral inconsistencies and these voter fraud issues, we're never 
going to be able to have a safe election again in the future. And the Republican Party or any party is never going to be able to fairly compete on a level playing field. So this at this point is about much more than who's the next president. And he is absolutely in this to win this, guys. Okay, so I want to get you up to speed on a few of the states that we've all been watching like hawks and obviously the campaign is as well. In Arizona, they have late ballots that are still dropping. They are uniformly breaking in favor of Trump, such that Biden's lead uh, is down to about 20,000, when a few days ago it was five times that. They are going to continue to break in that direction, and if so, we should be good to go. If not, when it's within 1%, there's an automatic recount, as I understand it, and or uh, a party can request a recount. Georgia is already going to a recount. The Secretary of State there, Brian Kemp, is a Republican. Uh, he is a sane guy. They have lots and lots of overseas and military ballots that are still outstanding, and it is likely going to be weeks I repeat, weeks before Georgia can be properly tallied, um, which means nobody at this point should be calling the race. Also, they have evidence of illegal ballot harvesting in multiple counties in Georgia, and they believe the recount, they know the recount, is going to shine a light on this, bring all of the fraud to the surface, <clears throat> excuse me, to the surface, where the ballots that were not properly cast can be invalidated. And again, once they handle this, then we know how it's going to shake out, and it's going to shake out in Trump's favor. In Nevada, they have 58,000, if I did not misunderstand them, mail-in ballots that still haven't been counted, and 68,000 provisional ballots. There are literally thousands and thousands and thousands of voters who never should have voted in Nevada. Lawsuits have been filed. Clark County DA's office has been notified, as has William Barr in the Department of Justice. Uh, all of those investigations are being commenced. Uh, and again, once these inconsistencies, anomalies, and straight up uh, election issues that never should have occurred have been handled, uh, we have a close race there, but it's a doable thing. The other thing to know about Nevada is 90 days out, guys. Apparently their uh, legislature or governor, I'm not sure which, rammed through changes that allowed for massive mail-in voter and their voting lists weren't up to speed. They they weren't properly pruned out and weeded through. Uh, it resulted in hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of ballots going out multiple times, two, three, four times over to people at different addresses. And we all know where that ends up. Uh, again, these are things that need to be cleaned up in future years. Pennsylvania, they have 80,000 mail-in votes and 105,000 provisional ballots still outstanding. Uh, Biden thinks these are gonna break in his favor. The Trump campaign has reason to believe other Otherwise, particularly with the provisional ballots. Um, as we all know, the Trump campaign was a barred. They were actually prevented from having observers uh, in the process, even after the courts ordered Pennsylvania to stand the hell down and let us observe. If you don't have transparency in a voting process, you don't have democracy in function, or in fact, you don't have a constitutional republic. Um, all of this stuff is now coming to light. They also, like Georgia, have thousands of overseas and military ballots, if I didn't already uh, mention it. And as we are learning, uh, and the Trump campaign is well ahead of us on this, they had statistically impossible voter turnout which has already been referred for investigation. And they have multiple cases of counties curing deficiencies in ballots. And we all know what that means. Uh, putting addresses on them and signatures on them when they didn't arrive with them and doing things that should never be allowed in any sort of honest election. Uh, again, these are the types of things that are coming to light and are being handled by the Trump campaign. Wisconsin, there were tons of irregularities on election day. The recount is starting next week. I just want to conclude with this, guys. There's a recent study that came out, literally I saw it this morning. Mathematicians, statisticians, and economists are concluding, not opining, these are subject matter experts who have conclusively now weighed in and said that the Biden math is not just statistically improbable, it is statistically impossible. And I'm going to give you a couple of key quotes from this. The voter turnout in Wisconsin apparently annihilated the historical record of 66% by almost 30 percentage points. The odds of this occurring are 0 0.00000. That's five zeros after the decimal point, guys. 0 0.00000189% or one in 52 million. Statistical anal analysts have noted that this five-point deviation was not only a statistical improbability, but a virtual statistical impossibility. I am reading direct quotes from this article, which will be in the, in the comments. Biden also pretty clearly fails an accepted test for catching election fraud that is used by the State Department and forensic accountants. 
For what it's worth, I'm continuing to quote, there also happens to be a record number of 90-year-olds registered to vote in one year during a, a pandemic, more so than at any point in Pennsylvania history. Nothing suspicious there, right, guys? Final quote, and here is a list of over 14,000 dead people. I repeat, here's a list of over 14,000 dead people who either voted in Wayne County, Detroit, or were registered to vote. Again, guys, we don't have a democracy. We don't have a constitutional republic. We don't have jack squat if we don't have transparency and honesty in voter turnout, in elections, and in our presidential run. What we are fighting for right now isn't who the next damn president is. It is the very bedrock of our country. And if we lose this fight, we lose all. The other thing that Donald Trump wanted you to know um, is there are three things that we should stand by and be ready to do. One, if you can possibly donate. I know we've all donated, but now is the time. Uh, DonaldTrump.com is where you can donate, guys. They are not, this is not a... All right. Then it turns into more of a Trump ad. So I don't really want to get into that. Uh, that, that video is on her Facebook. So go check it out and uh, friend her over there. If you're on there or whatever, however Facebook works, I don't know. They won't let me on. Um, but some very interesting stuff keeps popping up on this uh, feed here. I, I like this website, <laughs> the Donald dot win. It's a, uh, it is the gift that keeps on giving here. They are working hard. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh just start going through these. The first one we covered. Let's close that one. All right, this is a, a Breitbart article. Let's check this out. Detroit ballot tabulators entered names of non-voters during count, allege Breitbart. Two observers who were at the TCF Center in Detroit during the absentee ballot counting process have produced affidavits claiming they witnessed workers creating new voter files with information obtained from ballots. New voter files with information obtained from ballots? This is huge. Let me share this on my Twitter just to be safe so I don't lose this. All right. That seems major. All right, let's go through this. Bob Cushman, who was an appointed and trained Republican poll challenger, wrote in his affidavit, the main list of persons who had registered to vote on or before November 1st, 2020, was listed on an electronic poll book, often referred to as the QVF. As I understand it, the supplemental sheets were the lists of persons who had registered to vote on November 2nd or November 3rd. I observed that none of the names on those new ballots were on the QVF on the supplemental sheets. I saw the computer operators at several counting boards manually adding the names and addresses of these thousands of ballots to the QVF system. When I asked what the possible justification was to counting ballots from unknown, unverified persons, I was told by election supervisors at the Wayne County Clerk's Office had, quote, checked them out. I challenged not one ballot, but the entire process as the names were not in the poll books or supplemental sheets and because the date of births were all wrong, all being marked as January 1st, 1900. Wow. Wow. They marked all these dates as 1-1-1900? I, I can't confirm this. This is somebody going on the record. You know it's like illegal to perjure. I think that's the term, right? lie when you say you're not lying in a legal context 
Every ballot was being frequently and manually entered into the electronic poll book, the QVF, as having been born on January 1st, 1900. This last batch of ballots was processed in the 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. time frame, Cushman wrote. When I asked about this impossibility of each ballot having the same birthday occurring in 1900, the first day of 1900, I I have to add, let's dive back into this quote. When he asked about that, I was told that the instruction that came down from the Wayne County Clerk's Office, that was the instruction, I should say, that came down from the Wayne County Clerk's Office. Where is this again? Detroit. Oh, of course, Detroit. It's this place. Remember this one? ...to allow these 19 people in so that they can assist with the counting, just as the Democrats are in counting. Now, Mr. Sims has said that there are COVID rules that he cannot break, and therefore he's not allowing these people in. If that is the case, let's take 10 or 12 or 15 Democrats out and let 10 or 12 or 15 or 19 Republicans in. These these fine people have been on a rooftop in the sun. Uh, They are well-behaved, well-groomed, all uh, cooperative and patient. And they merely want their opportunity to help count and watch the counting. And everyone in this country now knows that overnight, 200,000 votes were suddenly appeared in the city of Detroit. That's a lot of counting. How does he keep his hand up like that? That's a lot of dedication to some ridiculous thing that doesn't make any difference. Those, if there's 19 Democrats down there that are counting, a lot of it's commitment. only fair that 19, now the number looks to be about 25, should be permitted to go down and count just like the Democrats. Silence. What? A, give me a break. I mean, you can't even, like, address what he's saying. Oh, that's infuriating. But that's the place in question here. Let's go back to where we were. We've got a lot to cover. We are taking uh, phone calls. Open lines. It's not really phone. It's Discord. So let me put the uh, link in the chat. Open lines here. All right. So we were here on this Breitbart article. Detroit ballot tabulators entered names of non-voters during count. So who are these people? Non-voters? So people were being people were casting ballots, right? New new ballots with none of their names on the voter electronic poll book, which is even updated. Um actually the supplemental sheets are the lists of people who registered to vote on the second and the third. Now they say, and remember this was in uh speaking of D- Detroit, the hashtag Detroit leaks, there was a uh, Detroit training session where they told people that people might come and they might not be registered, but you can just assume that they were registered that morning and just tell them to go make sure they get their driver's license before the end of the day or something like that. Right. And, and we, we see a lot of that happening, it seems. And this is somebody willing to go on the the record. uh, Appointed and trained Republican poll challenger in an affidavit. 
So here's another, um, actually this is Lori Levin, another challenger. This one's uh, apparently nonpartisan. Lori witnessed similar behavior by workers. According to her affidavit, quote, the person operate, the, <laughs> I can't read, sorry. The person opening ballots was in the middle of this table. And when she would scan the ballot, it would not come up in the electronic poll book. I then insisted that they had to be fill, uh, in the proper, excuse me, they had to be in the paper poll book and I needed to verify. She would hover entirely over the paper poll book, poll book the paper poll book <laughs> with her body and sometimes check a name and other times not check a name, but refused to let me see this. They would then manually enter the name and often a birth date of one one nineteen hundred. This is explosive. I don't know how, how big of a thing this is, but it sounds like this was happening repeatedly throughout the day for this person here. So again, this is a nonpartisan challenger apparently or reportedly and uh, says, yeah, I witnessed similar behavior as this other person or maybe that's Breitbart that's linking the two is similar, but she claims, quote, the person in opening ballots was in the middle of this table and when she would scan the ballot, it would not come up in the electronic poll book. I then insisted they had to be in the paper poll book and I needed to verify. She would hover entirely over the paper poll book with her body and sometimes check a name and other times not check a name, but refuse to let me see this. They would then manually enter the name and often a birth date of one one Wow. Oh, do we have a, um, a recording of her? Wow. Let's listen in. So tell me why you were there. Um, around 11 o'clock, I seen a, a, a call from Tom McMillan and some others that we needed uh, poll challengers down at TCF Center. So I went down there um, to be one of the poll challengers to, to watch the absentee ballots. And when I got there, I had, you know, they had said that the GOP challengers were full, but they had room for nonpartisan. So, you know, I became, I signed up to be a nonpartisan election integrity worker just because, you know, quite honestly, it's, the election has got to be fair no matter who's running for election, whether it's Republican mm -hmm. or Democrat. And then, you know, we have judges on the line who are nonpartisan. So I signed up to be a nonpartisan participant at an about one o'clock, went downstairs, one one thirty, and then all the doors were locked. And they, so I knocked on the door and I told the police officer, I'm, you know, I have credentials for nonpartisan. He said, we're not letting anybody else in. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, we're not letting anybody else in. Shut the door. And then we started, you know, kind of every, multiple people started knocking on the doors and they kept coming over and saying the same thing. And finally, about 220 something, one of the election, I, I was assuming she was an election official because she had no ID, no identification on her. So we don't even know who she was. She came out and said, um, so at approximately 220, uh, one of the African-American ladies comes out and she didn't identify herself. She didn't give us her name. She just said, at this point, we are over capacity. We have 264 Democrat challengers, 220 some Republican, and 75 nonpartisan. So we're only letting in about 50 nonpartisan people. So we said, okay, and then she said, line up over here, and then we'll open the door in a minute. So then she door and walked away. He doesn't come back. And then, so then we start knocking on the door and pounding on the door. It's like, wait a minute, you just said we could come in. Um, and then they just ignored us, literally, for the next hour. Um, and then after that hour, we went back upstairs where the election integrity fund was and the GOP were in the same area. We said, okay, what, what are we supposed to do now? At that point, it was, it was told to somebody that, one of the campus out the rest of the challengers were let in. So it took a little while and then basically everybody went down and started chanting, Stop the count, stop the count. Mm -hmm. you know, and then the police police came out and pretty much kind of barricaded us and then they started cardboarding up the windows with whatever cardboard that they had, pizza boxes, ballot box, you know, containers, started pulling apart boxes. 
All right, so we're listening to um, the Kyle Olson show, and uh, apparently he does great journalism. He's got on a Detroit ballot count observer, and this is all new to me. So I put the link in the chat. Let's listen to some more of this, though. This is Lori Levy, nonpartisan Detroit ballot count observer. It sounds like Detroit was just a mess. Now, let me show you something real quick. If we look at Illinois, well, where is Detroit? <laughs> Pennsylvania, right? No, shoot. Uh, it's Detroit, Michigan. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Pennsylvania. Um, okay, right here. Detroit, is, this is like where they're getting most of their Democratic votes to carry the state. And remember this. I'm just laughing at myself. Detroit, Pennsylvania. Detroit, Michigan. Okay, so uh, they they do have a sizable lead here, but how many of these are real people? So they're up by... 156,000 votes. So uh, let's keep watching this. I think this is fascinating. Again, props to the Kyle Olson show and uh, Lori Levy for blowing the whistle here. Listen in. And taping them up on the windows as they flip us off. Um, so this went on uh, you know, for quite some time. And then I got a text from somebody inside who was one of our associates inside that said they were getting ready to do military ballots. And that is where the, probably the, the most potential for fraud is outside of the mail-in ballots as military ballots because they come in by fax and mm. they then they have to be transposed so they're supposed to be a republican a democrat both sitting together opening that ballot and then transposing it onto an official ballot and they're supposed to, we're supposed to be able to, to watch that entire process well how the system was working when i finally got in at 505 finally i got in at 505 i couldn't find hardly any tables that had any ballots left i talked to one table um it escapes me the number now but i did submit it in writing they said they haven't had any ballots since noon and then I went to another table. They had only a couple ballots left, so I kind of watched that process for a few minutes, just kind of learning what to do. And then I found another table with a bunch of ballots. So I started observing, and um, one of the poll workers came over and says, we already have enough challengers here. You need to leave. And I said, well, I'm, I'm not Republican or Democrat. I'm nonpartisan. Or, well, we already have a nonpartisan. So I asked the other nonpartisan worker, what group are you with? And she just said, I'm nonpartisan. I said, I understand that, but we're allowed to have multiple nonpartisan. Wow. We already have a nonpartisan poll watcher. Are you kidding me? We already have a nonpartisan. Shouldn't we have as many nonpartisan poll watchers as we can have? Like, it seems strange to me even that we'd have a Republican and Democrat poll watchers. I mean, at least we know what side they're on, right? And we can make sure we have one covering the base. Although, like, I don't want to give anyone any ideas, but couldn't you just register in the other party? And what, what you know, that's strange to me as well. But, uh, they're like, how do they know you're really a Republican or really a Democrat? Partisan, as long as we're not in the same group. And she mm -hmm. was just very snippy. She wouldn't, she wouldn't say. So then the other, you know, three or four times they tried to throw me out. So then what's happening is the, the person opening the ballot is like about the middle of the table. And then there's a computer screen about three or four feet over to the right of where they're opening and scanning the ballot. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to look when they look at the ballot before they open it and then verify when they scan it that, the, that it comes up on the screen. Well, as soon as we step in to look over their shoulder to look at the ballot, they turn around and scream at us, get back six feet. And this went on. This was a constant barrage the whole day. Um, I said, well, I can't read the ballot from six feet back. That's not our problem. You should have planned better. I said, how can you plan for that? We're supposed right. to have access to the ballot. You didn't bring your binoculars? Yeah, no, I did, bring, I did bring magnifying glasses, but apparently not strong enough ones. <laughs> so then it went back and forth to where we literally could not see the ballot at the same time and be able to verify the name on the ballot was the name on the screen. So that was one instance. 
And then if it didn't come up on the screen, then we were supposed to be able to verify in the poll book, because they have a, a printed poll book that is for those last minute registrations, the ones that are, um, didn't make it into the electronic system yet, they have, a, they, they have a printed poll book. So if they're not in the electronic book, they're supposed to be in that paper book, and they would not let us close enough to see anything. This is on a spreadsheet that has about a, a font size eight or 10 on a very you know, full spreadsheet. Right. And we're, try, we're supposed to be able to try to read the ballot and read that spreadsheet in a matter of a few seconds while they're, they're hovering over it with their shoulders, screaming at us to get back. This went on the whole day. So I challenged multiple ballots that I can't see it, so I can't guarantee that that is a, re a valid voter. And they said, well, we're, we see it. And it, it, was just, it was just utter chaos. And then a supervisor came back over and said, don't talk to my poll workers. I said, I'm not talking to them. They're screaming at me to get back. You have to remain back six feet. Well, I didn't know at the time that that had been overturned. Right. Um, I didn't know right. that at the time. Right. And so just just so everybody understands, that was overturned. Um, that was that was an order by the secretary of state that was overturned by a court. And not to mention, if were you wearing a mask, if you're wearing a mask, the CDC says that you can be within six feet from of someone. So they were intentionally, in my opinion, they were intentionally trying to keep you far enough away that you couldn't see it. But then when you're saying when you challenged a ballot, they just ignored your challenge. Basically, they said it's in the system. We've seen it. Um, it's like, but I need to see it. Well, I'm sorry if you can't see it from there. That's not our fault. And then this went on ballot after ballot after ballot. Well, then they come to a group of ballots that, um, as they're scanning them, they're not coming up in the system. And I can tell, by the way, the lady's hovering over the book and fumbling and how she'd kind of look over at her other worker and kind of shake her head, knowing that they know it's not in the book. So then they would manually enter them. They would manually enter the voter into the, the election. So now it's coming up on the screen where we're supposed to be standing over by and looking. And then they, you know, they hit enter and they push it through. I wrote down, I don't know, 10 or 12 of the addresses, the names and addresses that I could catch before they went to the next one. And then the one peculiar thing is they would enter them in with either no birth date or 01011900. So my guess would be that later, when everything calms down, they could pull them up and then change them so that they didn't look so suspicious. That's, that's the only reasoning I had. And I asked somebody else, I said, is there, maybe I'm misunderstanding, are they allowed to enter this into the voter database? They said under no circumstances, the poll worker allowed to enter a voter into the database. That is only done by the clerks, the city clerks, the township clerks, or the Secretary of State's office. Okay, so let me let me make sure let me make sure I'm understanding this. So you're saying you were standing there, they had a ballot, they scanned the ballot, uh, the voter did not come up. So then they took the name on the envelope and they entered that into the system so then that person was in the system. Correct. And then okay. most many of them and I wrote down as many as I could. Some of them they entered with no like one in particular, they didn't even enter a zip code and then they just hit enter and the, the machine accepted it. So it shouldn't have even accepted it as a valid voter without a zip code. Um, and then the birth date of one one nineteen hundred or 1910 right. or whatever it was so you know it, so my logical mind is thinking to myself okay so maybe that is the process that they're you know they have a new voter they don't have time to enter all the information so then that's how they do it but that's when i asked i said are, is any of these poll workers allowed to manually enter and that's the whole thing that system shouldn't even allow at that point somebody to manually enter right. a voter so here we have all these ballots and i counted uh i, I want to say eight or ten that they manually entered and then we got two different ballots military ballots so excuse my memory here. I believe it, it was when I was watching the military ballots, the first one that they started transposing was like 55, 22. And again, I could be off on my numbers, but mm -hmm. I did put it in writing. So, and then they processed five, six, seven, eight of them. Uh, and then they were at 55, 28. Um, and then there was another GOP challenger on the other end trying to watch why they were transposing what was on the facts to the actual ballot that they were going to run. And they kept screaming at her, get back, ten, get back six feet. And she's like, I cannot see that you're transposing this ballot from the military facts to the ballot accurately. Well, that's not our problem. And right. I mean, multiple times did we get into conflict with these. And many times they would jockey their people around, their supervisors that were standing up. They would just get over and walk in front of, front of us and then turn around and tell us, you need to step back six feet. I said, I'm staying right where I'm at. You walk in front of me. 
He says, because I'm doing my job. And I said, and so am I. So this so went on. They tried to throw me out two or three times. And I said, so well, you better bring the police because I'm not moving. So we're just about out of time. Are you, um, are you filing an affidavit or are you doing some sort of a sworn statement? I have. I sent witness, you know, witness statement to both Robert Steele, uh, Ron, Ron, Romney McDaniel. Um, Who are both with the RNC. Yeah, the GOP said. So fascinating. You can go check this out on the Kyle Olson show with Lori Levy. They're very fascinating. Oh, and look, the article just keeps going on. Let's see if there's anything else in this. This article has blown me away so far. First, it covered um, Bob Cushman, a Republican poll challenge, uh, challenger, I think is what they meant. Poll watcher, or maybe it's a challenger. Uh, and it, he said that uh, a lot of fake names are being used or people that weren't even on the supplemental sheets. And they kept putting in uh, January 1st, 1900 to get them through the machine. Oh, and let me show you guys something before we go to the next thing here. Um, if I can remember where my train of thought was going. Oh, yes, this site. Don't touch the greenbutton.com is a site that Trump set up to try to find put you know put out a a, a net for anyone who may have been uh, screwed over in a specific way here in Maricopa County. Look at here, just a big old picture of a Dominion voting machine here. Isn't that interesting? This is a Trump website, a uh, Trump lawyer website. And apparently these buttons down here Specifically, the uh, the green button, which says, I think it says, yeah, cast. It's a cast button, like cast your vote. And apparently, well, this is what some people are speculating, and I do have a lawsuit I want to get to in Canada by, well, we'll cover that in a second. But uh, some people are saying that some minor issue with uh, filling out the ballot could make it not acceptable, but then if they cast it anyway it may lead to an inaccurate count. So I'll just say, you know, a broad statement there because I don't know exactly what else is being claimed and I can't make it much more specific than that uh, without assuming what's going on. But you know what? Uh, we've covered this in the previous episode, so I'm just going to uh, breeze through it. But I do want to show... Um, oh, the, uh, the Canadian lawsuit, if I can find that. <laughs> Let's see if we can find it real quick. I think maybe I opened it on another window. I've got... Oh, nice. What are the odds I could actually find it? Here it is. All right, so this is a, a legal document in Canada. Ontario Superior Court of Justice. Affidavit of Douglas Jones. This is a uh, associate professor, Department of Computer Science, University of Iowa. Uh, you know, going through his experience. So I, I just want to skim through this and save people time by not reading everything. But he seems to have done a lot of work with elections and trying to improve the, hopefully that's what he's been trying to do, improve the accuracy and uh, verifiability of the elections. 
So he says here, summary of opinions. Here, here's a good spot, right? The summary. For the reasons described below, or discussed below is what he said, it is my opinion that when a central count mark sense tabulator is used to count postal ballots, all ballots that scan as overvotes or scan as blank should be examined by people on the first count. Now, overvote, I keep hearing that term. I should be able to link it together. Uh, there was, let's see, does he use that term here? Yeah, overvoted races. Maybe this is where I heard it. This is where he announced he's going to file suit in Arizona with uh, Maricopa County. That's the website here. Don't touch the green button.com where they are collecting experience records of people who may have had somebody push this button to force their ballot in when the machine wasn't liking it. And maybe that would lead to problems or the person's vote not being counted. So um, it asks, when your ballot was fed through the tabulation machine, did someone push the green button? And it says, yeah, you know, either I did or the poll worker with or without my permission, somebody else with or without my permission. Don't recall. Um, if the green button was pressed, did you know at the time that pressing the button would result in at least one of your votes being disregarded? Did you intentionally vote for too many candidates? Did you see a poll worker press the green button for any other voter? So that's their questionnaire there. Uh, so that's where I've seen overvotes before. So I, I, I just got distracted there. Let's read this sentence again. For the reasons discussed below, it is my opinion that when a central count mark sense tabulator is used to count postal ballots, all ballots that scan as overvotes or scan as blank should be examined by people on the first count. So they should be examined if they're having scan issues. In the event that this is not done, if the margin of victory of the winning candidate is of the number of overvotes plus undervotes, there is a question as to whether the declared result truly reflects the will of the voters. Remember, this is a Ontario lawsuit that seems oddly related that came across my radar here. He, he, goes, on, he goes on to say, if overvotes and ballots that scan as blank are hand processed, then a hand recount may still be justified if the margin of victory of the winning candidate is under one half of a percent. Therefore, in my opinion, the will of the voters would best be asserted by a hand recount of all the ballots cast in Brook Township, Ontario, mayoral election 2010. And if such a recount is not performed, then by a hand recount of all ballots that are reported as overvotes or undervotes by the tabulating machines used in that election. Okay. So let's see if there's anything else in here. Yeah, it, this kind of has to do with Sharpie Git, which they really want to tell us that they've debunked. Oh, look here, too. Dominion Democracy Suite. Boom. This is Dominion, uh, Dominion Voter Software. This is one of their products. Some technical characteristics of the Dominion Democracy Suite, including the CF520 vote tabulator. Let's just pull that up. Let's see if that happens to be the image that's on Trump's um, don't press the green button website. No, it does. It looks it looks different. This is what I'm looking at here. But this is what this is talking about over here. So some of the technical characteristics is in this paper they're going to call the Dominion paper. 
According to the Dominion paper, uh, the scanner in question processes up to 2,500 ballots per hour. It's, it's, um, they store scanned images of the ballots, which is then delivered to image processing software for analysis. The Dominion paper says that the images processed by the democracy suite are binary. That is black and white with no shades of gray. This implies that the scanners interpret each pixel, that is each spot on the image is either black or white prior to scanning or prior to searching the ballot for voting targets. This is important guys. Okay, so they're saying everything is black or white. Every pixel right in the image is either black or white and they're looking for ballot marking fields or answer areas. Um, also called spaces designated for the marking of the ballots. <laughs> so it goes on to say the Dominion paper says that the Dominion software computes a bounding box for each voting target using sophisticated pattern analysis to determine which, which pixels are in the box. Nonetheless, the processing still boils down to examining the pixel within this box to determine if a vote has been cast in a particular race. So the question is, of course, if you're thinking ahead like I am, how sensitive is this? Is it going to say, oh, well, you you voted for uh, Trump and Biden. You're like, I didn't vote for Biden. It's like, well, I found one pixel that we actually determined is black. And it's like, how how precise is, or not even precise, how error prone is this? So let's just read through this a little bit more. He says, it is fair to conclude that the bounding box computed by the scanner is largely coincident with the rectangular vote targeted, or the... <laughs> The rectangular vote target printed on the ballot, voting target printed on the ballot, but it may not be identical to the target. I have encountered ballot tabulators that are sensitive to marks outside the printed voting target. That's interesting. He goes into some specifics that I'm going to skip over. Uh, those count a circle made by the voter closely around the voting target. Okay. I infer that the 12% threshold discussed above refers to the number of black pixels that must be found in this bounding box to determine whether the box is considered to have been marked or not. Okay, so it requires 12% of the box. This conforms this con conforms paragraph 26 of the affidavit, uh, getting B affidavit, which states that the threshold refers to the area of the ballot box that is darkened. I found no documentation of how the CF520 determines whether a pixel should be reported as black or white. This should be based on a second fixed threshold or on a more complex algorithm that, that attempts to preserve some information about intermediate levels of gray in the final black and white image. The, document, the documented procedures for using the scanners require a test prior to the election to make sure that the scanner will correctly tabulate ballots. All right, this is interesting. Let's see if there's anything else, because I I don't really know if there's going to be a punchline here. So, let's see. Ballot marking. Just trying to save some time here. Oops. So this is an interesting document. I have I don't have time to go through it all right now. 
but um, people are talking about it. So I wanted to share that. Again, this is the last thing that Trump's tweeted as far as I can tell. The observers were not allowed into the counting rooms. I won the election, got 71 million legal votes. Bad things happened, which our observers were not allowed to see. Never happened before. Millions of mail-in ballots were sent to people who never asked for them. All right, so uh, let's keep moving on here. Let's make sure we don't miss anything. Oh, yeah, we were in this article. So Levy said when she or another challenger would step in to look at the screen, the worker would yell for her to get six feet back, a requirement that a judge had overturned. Wow. So we listened to this whole uh, interview. She just, I think they're, they're quoting here. So let's keep skipping ahead. Okay, that's the end of the article. Shout out to Kyle Olson uh, who did this report and I think also this interview. So, uh, good work, Kyle. Next up, uh, apparently some of the major networks are deleting, uh, some people are, they're are accusing them of deleting evidence and they're saying, download everything. Now people, they are deleting the news coverage. And what do you think that means for them to be deleting election coverage? This is what happens when you go to one of these. Uh, so here's ABC, here's NBC, which shows the same thing. Uh, let's see. What is this here? Hmm. So very interesting that they're taking down these live streams. Like they're not deleting them. It just says the live stream recording is not available. Like what does this mean exactly? Like if, if, if I was ABC, I'd be upset with YouTube. It's like, I've never seen this error before, but are, are they in cahoots? Is it a, is it a, um, contrived thing and they're like hey let's just take that down but not really delete it or i don't know I, i'm confused why it's still here like that so uh people are looking at this thing called the benford's law let's you know what let's pull this up real quick benford and his law let's just go to wikipedia real quick the law of anomalous numbers or the first digit law is an observation about the frequency distribution of leading digits in many real-life sets of numerical data. The law states that in many naturally occurring collections of numbers, the leading digit is likely to be small. For example, in sets that obey the law, the number 1 appears as the leading significant digit about 30% of the time, while 9 appears as the leading significant digit about 5% or less than 5% of the time. So that's interesting, I guess, because if you go like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, then you go 11, 12, 13, 14. So you got that one again at the beginning, but it's still kind of trippy that it wouldn't average out eventually. But I guess the uh, numbers are much more likely to start with one. Well, that, I guess, makes sense. Although eventually, well, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but that is kind of... Uh, interesting that those are the digit breakdowns actually the distribution of first digits so if you look at i guess uh what do they call them here real life sets of numerical data and apparently it works a lot of times for voting whatever they plugged into this 
equation. Everybody was lined up except uh, Biden was way out of whack. Look at this. Donald Trump, you kind of see it. I mean, it's off. I got to admit, Trump's is off too. So whatever that means. Um, Howie Hawkins, I guess Green Party, or I should say third party. I don't know which one. Uh, Gloria Riva, you can kind of see a similar thing. Brian Carroll, Joe Jorgensen. So I, I think the more votes you have, or the, not the more votes, well, kind of in this case, but the more data set or data points, maybe the more fleshed out it'll be. But doesn't the Biden one look really weird? The Biden one looks the weirdest. So I don't know what the digit is. Like what not, what are the numbers that they're analyzing to see if they're being made up or if they're organic? That's what I don't understand. Okay, let's keep moving on here. The next story here. Uh, let's just go to this guy's tweet here. Major developments in Wisconsin. In direct violation of state law, the Wisconsin Elections Commission instructed every clerk in the state to illegally alter absentee ballots that were missing information, which would have invalidated them. So this is uh, Dan O'Donnell reporting on that. Um, and that's a big, interesting story. Let's click on that. So an article by himself that he wrote that he shared on Twitter, but you know, let's just see what he's saying on his article here. So he says, Wisconsin clerks may have unlawfully altered thousands of absentee ballots. County and municipal clerks and poll workers across Wisconsin may have unlawfully altered Witness statements on thousands of mail-in ballots across the state. The Dan O'Donnell show has learned. So they mentioned the stat, the uh, statute here. Just, I guess, to point out that it's against the law. But I just want to kind of look at what the allegations are here. There's, uh, where are they? Okay, it says here, multiple sources tell the Dan O'Donnell show municipal clerks and vote counters across the state simply filled out witness signatures themselves. Wow, that's a big claim. So absentee ballots are supposed to be signed by a witness, but they're saying that municipal clerks and vote counters might be forging signatures, right? It says here, acting on false and unlawful advice from the Wisconsin Elections Commission, these clerks may have inadvertently invalidated thousands of absentee votes. If an absentee ballot does not have a witness address on it, it is not valid. That's interesting. So we'll have to see what happens there. Interesting. Uh, that again is Dan O'Donnell at Dan O'Donnell show on Twitter. I just uh, followed him there. Here's another uh, thing that they're talking about on the Donald. 124,628 more ballots than there are adults in uh, Gwinnett County in Georgia. Let's go check this. Oh, that's just an image. <laughs> A ridiculous image. Um, Let's see if we can find a better source than that. 
Oh, that's going to be a good one. We'll get to that in a second. Okay, this might be it. Election summary report for Gwinnett County, Georgia. Total population, 936,250. Total registered voters, total registered voters, 581,467. Voter participation, 408,268. Ballots cast, 811,836. 1.36 ballots per registered voter. Wow. Let's see if this tweet's still up. Yeah, still up. Here's the image. Registered voters. And I don't know if this is accurate. This says 11-4 on it, but um, maybe this was just an initial unofficial mistake they said there. Although it, it would be indicative or indicative of uh, something weird happening. Registered voters, 408,000 ballots cast, 811,000. So really, I ought to look up. Um, I ought to look up if these numbers are still weird like this. I imagine not. Although they did say Gwinnett, Georgia. I think it's Gwinnett, Georgia, right? Uh, was having the issue with the Dominion voting software systems or whatever it's called. And um, they couldn't vote because the software pushed out an update or the vendor pushed out an update doing God knows what. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out, Joseph Biden, I just, you know, when I look by out of the corner of my eyes, I just see Joseph Stalin and it's, uh, it's kind of creeping me out. I just had to share that. I don't know if that's happened to anybody else. Joseph Stalin. Oh no, Joseph Biden. Okay. Uh, next up, a whistleblower has come forward in Clark County saying they witnessed mail ballots being counted without signatures being verified. Oh, we, we covered that in the last show. Uh, this is interesting. Another Breitbart News um, expose here. Let's see what they're saying. Another county in Georgia has reported uh, encountering a quote-unquote glitch, which has caused a delay in the counting of thousands of votes in the 2020 presidential election. Thousands of votes in Georgia. Glitch. This just came out November 7th. A glitch in software has caused a delay in vote counting in Georgia's Gwinnett County. Oh, wait, we've been talking about this one all day. Weren't there? Okay, there were two glitches that happened on Election Day on the 3rd. When did this one happen? Election officials estimate that roughly 80,000 absentee ballots were impacted by this glitch, yet decided to push the impacted votes through knowing some of the votes would likely change. Oh, wow. This is a third county. So I, I kept saying I thought there was another county. I am getting this wrong. Let me correct myself. On election day, the same election software glitched in two separate, two other counties, Spalding and Morgan. Now we have a third county who's having uh, software and machine issues. Same software that they uh, say may be involved in Michigan. And Ant, uh, what is it called? 
not Antwin. I forgot what it's called. Something Ant. <laughs> but uh, well, here it is. Antrim. Thank you, Breitbart. Uh, the glitch in Antrim County uh, cost thousands of ballots. Now, this is being heavily disputed right now, I ought to say. If you go to Twitter, you'll see on the side they're pushing basically damage control. An error in the unofficial results from a Michigan county was caused by accidental human error. Michigan Department of State reports. So, <laughs> appeal to authority inserted here. So, they're really trying to push that, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, What's it called again? Ant. <laughs> I keep forgetting what it's called. Um, Antwin County. Antrim County. Um, oh, no, no, no. That wasn't software problem. That was just a uh, human error. That's what they're saying. Human error caused it. It's like, okay, well, how was there human error? And is there any other human error going on here? How is that? How is human error preferable to computer error? There are any errors bad. And uh, you're not debunking anything by calling it a human error and not a computer error. Other, I guess you're maybe comp uh, debunking that the software is is iffy. But if it if it's prone to making these types of mistakes or being able to be exploited by people either uh, foolishly or with bad intent, that's a problem. And we need to understand more about that. So Georgia's a mess, thanks to Dominion voting systems. You know, what's really weird about the ones um, here, Spalding and Morgan County, was Dominion voting systems pushed out updates to them the night before the election, which broke the software for hours. They had to send a technician with, quote, additional equipment to fix it. But Antrim County... Remember the, the Trump or the uh, Republican chair came out and she said 6,000 votes swung towards Biden that when we did the hand count turned out they were actually for Trump and said this software is being used all over the place in uh, 74 other or was it 47 other uh, other counties in Michigan alone. And we know from our research, it's all over the country. 40% of Americans at least use it. So um, they're trying to dispel the huge concerns there. And that's what I wanted to cover, I think, from this article. Let's see what this is here. Uh, the presidential election results for Antrim County were later corrected, flipping the county from uh, Biden to Trump after the glitch was fixed. Georgia's Gwinnett County said, this, said in a statement to Fox 5 News, quote, in an effort to expedite the complete count of the remaining Gwinnett County general and special election votes, the county, with the assistance from Dominion Voting Systems technicians, oh, well, we'll get the technicians in there. They're the experts in how this all works from, from this third-party vendor company. Oh, we don't even know how this works. Just tell us, tell us how these votes are tabulated again, Dominion. <laughs> Does anyone else think this is fishy? This smells to high heaven. Let me uh, make sure... Our stream's still going here. Excellent. Shout out to the chat. Hope you're all doing well. So the county, this is Gwinnett County. I think this just happened like today. 
Uh, with the assistance from Dominion Voting Systems technicians, the same people who fixed these other two counties in Georgia, Spalding and Morgan. Now I'm wondering exactly how much they fixed these counties in Georgia and across the country, if you know what I mean. Uh, with, all, with the help from these technicians, they will revisit the batches of absentee by mail ballots that were added to the election night totals without being fully adjudicated. Once these ballots have been fully adjudicated, the absentee by mail totals will be updated and together with the remaining uncounted votes, the results will be tallied and published. Additional uncounted votes include approximately 4,400 absentee ballots received on election day. Votes to be rescanned from one corrupted data card. <laughs> oh, great. A corrupted data card from the Shorty Howell Advance in-person voting site and any of the approximately 1,000 provisional ballots that can be counted. Oh, they have a corrupt data card? That sounds bad. They probably don't have any... Well, hopefully they have some redundancy, at least on paper. Hopefully they have backup, redundancy, verification, checking going on with all the data, but I, I seriously doubt it. So on Thursday, Georgia's Secretary of State's office said that 18,936 absentee ballots still need to be counted in seven counties. So uh, again, Breitbart, interesting work. Uh, this was interesting. This is the speaker in uh, Pennsylvania addressing a letter to Tom Wolf. I want to read this. This is basically signaling a recount here or demanding a recount. Let's see. Or an audit or something. Let's let's check this out. So this is the House of Representatives in Pennsylvania. So state government here, office of the speaker. So I'm assuming that's kind of like how the U.S. Congress works, where the House, the uh, what's it called, the controlling party of the House gets to decide who their leader is, the Speaker of the House, and um, I'm assuming this guy's a Republican or he would just be going along with the program, right? So it sounds like the Republicans control the House in Pennsylvania. That's something that could easily be looked up, but I'm just making assumptions here. We'll, we'll double-check later. He says, Dear Governor Tom Wolf, as you are well aware, or as, you're, as you are aware, I don't want to add any words in, the general election currently being conducted in the Commonwealth has generated a significant amount of interest among our citizens who have been anxiously awaiting results since the election concluded at the lawfully enacted deadline of November 3rd at 8 p.m. For months, I, with many members of the House of Representatives and Senate, have raised serious concerns relating to the administration of the election, specifically because this was the first year Pennsylvania would be able to, to use, or Pennsylvanians would be able to use no-excuse absentee mail-in ballots. Unfortunately, some of the concerns that were previously raised have manifested into issues which cannot be overlooked. First, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court unconstitutionally extended the deadline to receive late ballots and openly ignored the findings of fact and law that were issued by the Commonwealth Court. That issue is now being litigated at the United States Supreme Court. However, this judicial intervention created unnecessary chaos and uncertainty as to what, constitute a, what constitutes a timely and lawfully cast vote. Next page. Second, your Secretary of State initiated 
another legal action in the Pennsylvania Supreme Court to, quote, clarify whether signatures on returned absentee and mail-in ballots could be reviewed for authenticity by counties during the pre-canvassing of ballots. Without permitting the House or Senate to intervene and defend the existing law, the court unilaterally directed the county boards of elections to not reject absentee or mail-in ballots for counting, computing, and tallying based on signature comparisons conducted by county election officials or employees or as the result of third-party challenges based on such comparisons. This, of course, is a significant departure from Pennsylvania law and practice, and it eliminated one of the most important security and anti-fraud features used by absentee and mail-in ballots. It also treats voters who vote on election day in person different from those that use the absentee ballot or mail-in program. Additionally, notwithstanding assuring the United States Supreme Court that late arrival ballots would be fully segregated, the Secretary of State issued conflicting guidance to counties regarding how to manage late arriving ballots. Full segregation, as initially contemplated, was replaced with guidance that encouraged the counties to process, to process ballots but keep totals separated. Also, prior to Election Day and in contravention of state law and a Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruling, some counties began pre-canvassing ballots by reviewing the declarations to find defects, which they then sought to have voters cure. The Secretary of State permitted these actions, which are now subject to several court cases in both federal and state courts. Not surprisingly, very serious equal protection rights issue, issues now exist due to the disparate treatment of voters from different counties. Further, poll, poll watchers, which are the hallmark of our Election Day process to promote transparency and fairness, were unlawfully denied the opportunity to meaningfully observe the proceedings of all pre-canvas and canvassing activities. Finally, it is my understanding that among all our counties, excuse me, among all our counties, an unprecedented 105,000 provisional ballots have been issued. That's huge. 105,000 provisional ballots? And uh, if, if Detroit leaks is any indication, most of those will be going into the trash, essentially destroyed. Provisional ballots are uh, a bad sign, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know exactly what their purpose is, but going off that leaked recording that's on this channel, the last video I did, coached to cheat, question mark, that video, um, very concerning audio coming out of, a, um, well, apparently, allegedly out of Detroit voting poll training work or uh, election work training, I should say. All right, let's finish this off here. It says, under our statutes, provisional ballots may only be issued if there is an issue with a voter. For example, a voter's name does not appear in the poll or supplemental poll book. A voter was issued but did not successfully vote an absentee or mail-in ballot. Clearly the, clearly, the significant number of provisional ballots are indicative of voter issues across the Commonwealth. Governor, all of these issues could have been avoided had your Secretary of State had the Pennsylvania Supreme Court simply followed the law as written. Oh, there's one more half page here. The uncertainty surrounding these interventions has cast an unnecessary cloud on a process, the election, that invites our people to question the results, regardless of which candidate or party may prevail. As such, and due directly to these issues, 
and any others that may arise. I am requesting that a full audit be conducted of the 2020 general election prior to the certification of any results. The House of Representatives and Senate previously reported or required a report of the 2020 primary election, which provided meaningful, actionable information regarding the administration of the absentee and mail-in ballot program. In response, the House passed House Bill 2626, which would have provided remedies to nearly all of the known issues. However, that legislation was not considered in the Senate because of your opposition to the bill and veto threat. Now, we must take every possible step to ensure that all Pennsylvanians and all Americans know that our Commonwealth has conducted the general election with integrity. That can best be accomplished through an audit and a verification that our election law and processes were appropriately administered and followed. Like you, I call on all Pennsylvanians to remain calm as we work through these issues. If we work cooperatively to end the election in an open and transparent manner, then I am confident that regardless of the winner, our people can accept the result. Interesting. Next up, we switch over to the New York Post article here. Trump files Arizona lawsuit based on debunked. This is New York, excuse me, nypost.com. Debunked Sharpie. I can't speak. Debunked Sharpie conspiracy theory. So uh, we saw this earlier. Um, it's not exactly how Trump worded it. He didn't call it Sharpie gate. He, uh, he put out this website here, Maricopa County. And he's asking, did they use this green button on you to help force this ballot through? Even if there were some issues with the, uh, filling out of the, the form, this is called cast, a cast button. And, um, it's tied in with the Sharpie gate concerns. The idea that they were handing out uh, felt tip markers, which might be creating a situation where, you know, false positives are coming up or something, or it looks like you filled in two boxes when you might've just filled in one box. This is very important. So uh, we'll have to see how many people fill out this form. Let's jump back to where we were at though. Okay, nypost.com. Let's see how they're covering this. Okay, this is kind of nonsense. I've seen a lot of people who said they had issues in um, Arizona and don't think their vote counted because of the Sharpie. I've seen videos of people just going, like raising their hand and saying that it was, you know, it affected them. So let's see how Reuters is covering the same thing. Trump campaign files lawsuit over rejected vote claims in Arizona. This is a little bit more fair, it sounds like. He alleges, or his team, his campaign alleges that the southwestern state's most populous county incorrectly rejected votes cast on election day by some voters in the U.S. presidential race. Maricopa County. So, um... The poll workers told some workers to press a button after a machine had detected an overvote. That's interesting. Okay. So um, just cross-referencing this uh, this form that he's asking people to fill out. This is an interesting question, right? Did you intentionally vote for too many candidates 
for any office. So if you say no, I did not intentionally vote for too many candidates. And yes, they forced my, or they forced the green button without my permission, or they, they pushed it with my permission, but um, I didn't know that at least one of my votes would be disregarded. Uh, there's a, a number of interesting uh, outcomes here that could be reported to the um, the Trump legal team. And what I'm thinking is, okay, overvoting, looking also at this uh, press release here, he says, when a machine detects an overvote on a ballot, poll workers should inform in-person voters of the error and give them an opportunity to correct the issue. Instead, poll workers in Maricopa County pressed and told voters to press a green button to override the vote or to override the error. Wow. Okay, I'm starting to understand what they're claiming. I don't know exactly what happened. I wasn't there. But that sounds crazy. Let's see if there's anything else. This Reuters article is interesting. An Arizona official rejected the lawsuit. Quote, this is a stalling tactic to delay the official canvas, said Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs. They are grasping at straws. The Election Department of, Marico of Maricopa County declined to comment. Biden did not comment either. 21,000 votes separate them. Let's go check out the state of Arizona. Now it's, what, 27,700? No, maybe 28,700. All right, let's keep rolling here. Next Someone's saying it might be connected to Amazon. Let's just check this out real quick. I haven't even looked at this yet. That's interesting. I don't know what to make of that. I'm not going to delve into that here. This is kind of interesting tweet that just, well, okay. This is okay. Kaylee McKenna says, where is Joe Biden calling on the massive super spreader events held in his name to end? Just huge crowds. And I, I'm actually, I like seeing crowds. I'm like, hey, I'm glad people are getting out there, even if it's premature celebrating for Joe Biden. I just like to see people having a good time. Of course, these are the same people that have locked down our country for months and months and months and months and made it a political issue and called us cove idiots for not freaking out about their mystery disease. Let's keep rolling through here. Oh, this was what I was showing earlier. Uh, there's a lawsuit that was filed in Ontario, Canada. The Sharpies, they know the Sharpies could get the, vo the votes spoiled. If a machine picks up a pixel that we can't see, like bleeding from a marker, like... Like ble bleeding from a marker, question mark. It could be rejected. They know it. And again, a man was um, arrested. A man was arrested for calling this politician here, who's a crazy tyrant, in my opinion, um, a Nazi. Or he he made a meme and sent it to her where she was depicted as a Nazi. I'm guessing that she probably had a Hitler mustache. That one seems like a given. She probably had maybe a Nazi armband applied to her. And maybe like one of their funny hats. 
some eagles or something. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to picture. It's not too hard to picture. But um, pretty crazy. Oh, and this is the same place, by the way. You might have heard about that bill, Scotland bill, where they're trying to make dinner table conversation like with your own family, uh, poss- a possibility to land you in jail if you commit a hate crime, if you're oppressive at the dinner table towards a, a, an oppressed group, a historically oppressed group or something. But, um, I mean, it's kind of like a fatwa being put out for cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad. You know, like people getting arrested for turning people, like putting Hitler mustaches on people kind of makes me just want to do it more to be honest. Like, I kind of want to do it right now live to make a point as a protest. Like, ah, I just want to add a little black smudge under her nose, but I'll, I'll, I'll show some restraint and I'll keep moving here. So, uh, James O'Keefe has been, uh, working hard. Um, you know, I want to make sure that we open up the latest expose that they've done before we get into that next tweet. Okay, um, this is the one I wanted to play. Sorry, that was deep. This is at James O'Keefe, I, 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 sorry, at James O'Keefe, I, 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 so James O'Keefe the third on Twitter, and, um, I'm just sharing this because I think it's, um, newsworthy. And for enter for uh, not entertainment for uh, educational purposes. Here we go. And I'll speed it up a little bit. We've just got done going through the two garbage bags that we obtained from Bucks County Board of Elections out of the dumpster. Um, this is some of the uh, ballot paraphernalia that we've discovered. Um, you can see some signatures from some voters here. Um, some, looks like they, these ballots they spoiled on some of these. We have some pieces here. Um, a number of envelopes with signatures. A couple full ones too. There's some more down here. Just to reiterate, this does appear like an official ballot and the rules were not followed correctly, right? That's what it looked like. Fair enough. What reason would someone have to not follow that process? Ignorance. Not knowing. Not understanding. Brand new law. So there's a detailed process in place? Yes. And this clearly shows that the process was not handled? Yes. The Whoever was the judge of elections didn't do it correctly. The poll workers did not have thrown it in the garbage. Is it legal to throw it in the garbage? I do not know if it's legal to throw it in the garbage, but it should be sent back to us. And so we can go into it for, I believe, it's 22. Wow. Just found it in the garbage, allegedly. And uh, this guy's even admitting to him. I don't know if they, he knows. He probably doesn't know he's on camera. Maybe he does. Um, Project Veritas has a <laughs> has a habit of of just uh, just recording them just for for good measure and not really telling them all the time that they're recording them. Uh, but it gets a lot out of them that is interesting to the public, as James O'Keefe calls it, guerrilla journalism. And uh, some people say that's not journalistic integrity. I, I think. 
I like having people out there that don't like bad people who don't know if uh, somebody in their midst is, you know, recording them in the sense like if they're if they're conspiring against the country or something, if you know, somebody might be a whistleblower, that kind of thing. So I think these uh, exposés make people accountable. Uh, so he says, I'm I'm I believe we're supposed to hold on to it for 22 months. Where does the spoiled ballot ultimately end up at the end of its life cycle? Uh, it will be stored for two years and then it will be shredded. It says the election worker at Bucks County, Pennsylvania election office even knew they should hold on to the spoiled ballots. So if we can just kind of start over with the spoiled ballots as to what happens with them once they become spoiled. So they become spoiled and they're right spoiled on them and they're going into a spoiled bag um, that's kept in the warehouse after election day for a period of time. And I did talk to some, I believe it's three years that we have to um, hold on to them and then nothing gets thrown out. I believe after the period they get um, shredded, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Interesting, interesting stuff. Okay, so um, let's cover this other thing he just put out. I haven't had a chance to really digest this. I wanted to do it live. He says, breaking, here's a signed affidavit from Erie, Pennsylvania at U uh, USPS. He added them so they'll get notified every time somebody retweets it, which has happened 17 and a half thousand times. Uh, this has to do with their whistleblower, Richard Hopkins. Uh, let's just read this real quick. Uh, I, Richard Hopkins, declare as follows. I'm over the age of 18 years. Okay, I'm just going to read the uh, the key parts here. I'm an employee of the United States Postal Service. I work as a carrier in Erie, Pennsylvania Post Office. Although, as I understand Pennsylvania law, ballots must be postmarked by 8 p.m. on Election Day, November 3rd, 2020 in Pennsylvania. Postmaster Rob Weisenbach directed, uh, yeah, yeah, he's the postmaster, as he says, uh, directed my coworkers and I to pick up ballots after Election Day and provide them to him. As discussed more fully below, I heard Weisenbach tell a supervisor at my office that Weisenbach was backdating the postmarks on the ballots to make it appear as though the ballots had been collected on November 3rd, 2020, despite them in fact being collected on November 4th and possibly later. On November 5th, as I was preparing my mail for delivery, I saw Weisenbach with Daryl Locke, one of the supervisors for the Erie, Pennsylvania post office, having a discussion. Weisenbach and Locke discussed on November 4th they had backdated the postmark on all but one of the ballots collected on November 4th to make it appear as though the ballots had instead, let's keep reading here, had instead been collected on November 3rd, right? If they can get them postmarked by election day or at the latest election day, November 3rd, it it's much more legitimate if you think about it. <laughs> like it's hard to argue that people should be able to mail in their ballots after election day. I mean, come on. We need to have a deadline at some point. Um, but most of the time, there are some weird laws that say if you get it if you get it postmarked by election day, they'll wait 11 days, which begs the question, did they know that USPS would go around? Uh, there's apparently also a court-ordered USPS sweep, and the left was using that as an excuse to say, oh, look at this. It's actually the Republicans, the Republican-controlled USPS that uh, are blocking people from voting. 
but they're doing a ballot sweep. And um, do we know if there's any fraud happening in that? There very well could be, right? So these are the questions that I wonder about. So let's keep reading here. I overheard Wassenbach tell Locke that they messed up yesterday, November 4th, by accidentally postmarking by accidentally postmarking one ballot as having been collected November 4th when it actually had been collected. Interesting. So that's the messing up is dating it correctly. Importantly, it goes on to say, Weisenbach and his assistant had ordered my coworkers and I to continue picking up ballots after November 3rd, despite the requirement that ballots be mailed by then. Weisenbach directed the ballots to be picked up through Friday, November 6th, three days after the election. Moreover, Wasenbach directed that all ballots picked up through November 6th were to be given to him, presumably so they can be backdated by him and or Locke. My understanding of Pennsylvania law is that ballots cannot be counted unless they were mailed by 8 p.m. on November 3rd. Weisenbach's comments were deeply concerning to me and appeared to be an attempt by Wasenbach and or Locke to improperly backdate ballots received after the legal deadline, so those late ballots could be counted something I understand to be illegal and against Pennsylvania law. Accordingly, I brought Weissenblock's information to the public through Project Veritas. The next day, November 6th, I was interrogated by a USPS postal inspector who, knowing I was the whistleblower, who brought Weissenblock's directives to light, indicated that they were investigating the matter. I was also approached by a representative of the Postal Workers Union who began asking me about old allegations against me, which had long been resolved. Now, keep in mind, Postal Worker Union, I believe, like one of the largest ones supported uh, Joe Biden. I'm not sure if it's the same one. He says, I refuse to be silenced, so I decided to reveal my identity and have pledged to testify regarding what I heard and what I was ordered to do. I, Richard Hopkins, hereby state that the facts above set forth are true and correct. All right, and it goes on, and he signs. Very interesting. That's Erie, Pennsylvania. Erie, indeed. Okay, this is an interesting one. Let's delve into this. This is a shirtless, shirtless pundit. Shirtless pundit on Twitter showing us some screenshots from other people. This one, the election wizard, wizard underscore predicts, says, breaking Michigan legislature has called a joint oversight hearing at 10 a.m. tomorrow to begin a review of Michigan election processes. Now, that was on 11-6. That was a while back. Then Josh Kaplan says, WDIV, Michigan House Speaker says GOP will launch vote counting inquiry. Now, we, uh, we covered that. CBS 58, this is another update from Josh Kaplan. CBS 58, Wisconsin State Assembly Speaker directs Assembly Committee on Campaigns and Elections to use investigative power to, quote, immediately review how the election was administered. And then finally, Josh Kaplan again. The morning call. Pennsylvania Republican leaders call on Gov. Tom Wolf to launch immediate audit of election. And we covered that full letter that they sent to Governor Tom Wolf. Uh, this is another tweet from the election wizard here. Michigan legislature subpoenas document. Documents, excuse me. Uh, The Michigan legislature subpoenas documents after GOP alleges election fraud. Check this out. This is WashingtonExaminer.com earlier today. I'm not sure. 
They're attacking me with ads. Okay, there we go. We already read the headline. This is Zachary Halishak, reporter at Washington Examiner. So it says here, the majority, the majority Republican House and Senate oversight committees came together on Saturday to request communications and documents tied to the mass mailing of applications for absentee ballots earlier this year and for mass mailings provided or providing information about people's right to vote. Um, so they want all communication and documents tied to the mass mailing of applications for absentee ballots. Great, interesting request. People have been deep diving into Michigan and finding huge lists of people over a hundred years old, huge lists of people that are presumed to be dead that, uh, not only requested a ballot somehow, but returned a ballot. And, uh, this will be interesting to see if they actually can get anything out of these, um, requests. Michigan House Oversight Chairman Matt Hall said that the action his committee took on Saturday was done in order to show a commitment from lawmakers to get, quote, election procedures right in the future. It's vitally important as we go forward in Michigan to ensure our election procedures are transparent, efficient, and trustworthy when people go to the polls, said Matt Hall. The House Democrat leader, Christine Gregg, calls the subpoena a political stunt. Today's partisan spectacle is nothing but a desperate attempt by Republican legislators to cast a shadow of doubt over the, over the legitimacy of our election. Very interesting to see all this unfold. The allegations, the defense, or lack thereof. It'll be really interesting to see if we actually get some recounts, some hand recounts or some audits. Imagine if things just start shifting big time and every other things start getting called into question and the whole operation, if there is one, comes crumbling down like a house of cards. That would be beautiful to see. Um, election alert. This came out late uh, tonight, a couple hours ago. Biden's lead in Arizona drops to 18,610 votes. Uh, Red State on Twitter says breaking Georgia Secretary of State orders investigators to Fulton County after, irre after irregularities found. Let me say that again. Breaking Georgia Secretary of State orders investigators to Fulton County after irregularities found. Let's check this out. Redstate.com reporting here. Scott Hounsill wrote this up. Uh, breaking, the Georgia Secretary of State announced Saturday afternoon, that's today, or, you know, a few hours ago, that a, quote, issue was discovered regarding the count in Fulton County, which could potentially affect the outcome of the election in the state. No information has been released at this time to describe what the issue was or what effect it will have. But to order everyone there on a Saturday to oversee the issue shows a bit of seriousness to the problem. Fulton County's late votes were allegedly breaking nine to one for Biden. Let's check out this tweet here. This is Brendan Keefe on Twitter. Breaking development that may significantly affect the current Biden lead in Georgia. Quote, Fulton County has discovered an issue involving reporting from their work on Friday. 
at 11 Alive News, we don't know how many ballots are in question or which way they would change the count. So this is Brad Raffensperger, it looks like on Facebook maybe. He says, Fulton County has discovered an issue involving reporting from their work on Friday. Officials are at a State Farm Arena, or officials are at State Farm Arena to rescan their work from Friday. The Secretary of State has a monitor on site and sent additional investigators and dispatched the uh, excuse me, the Deputy Secretary of State as well to oversee the process to make sure to thoroughly secure the vote and protect all legal votes. Observers from both political parties are there as well. Uh, let's see if there's anything else in this article. Here that guy uh, continues. Actually, no, that's the one we just read. Very interesting. So that's Scott at redstate.com. Interesting uh, news. Next up, we have George Santos, not to, be not to be confused with George Soros. George Santos is a U.S. House candidate, um, Republican candidate in New York. So he says, reports coming in that my name was not on more than 4,000 ballots in Republican, excuse me, in Republican stronghold areas in my district. So at least 4,000 ballots, some reports are saying his name wasn't on. Very, very peculiar indeed. And that's one of the big anomalies that people are pointing out as far as why the counts don't add up. Uh, they say, why are there so many more votes for Biden than for the Democrat congressperson? And they also look at, uh, what was it called again? Benford's law. And they say Biden's data looks like it was uh, spoofed. Does anybody in the chat want to uh, call in? We are taking calls if anybody wants to call, uh, call in and speak your mind. Open lines. You've got to uh, kind of get my attention in the chat and we'll get you up here uh, to hear what you have to say. But we have a lot more to cover as well. But I, I did say uh, open, open lines if anybody wants to call in. All right, next up. This one is about vaccines. Argentina approved new law to make vaccines mandatory for all its citizens last year. Argentinian citizens over 18 will now be legally required to receive the warp speed shots when they are out. You could say they have a duty of care, right, Joe? A duty of care to the people around them to get vaccinated. That's the government forcing people to act. Duty of care. And an argument to the collective. <laughs> Look at this headline here. Global citizen. Argentina Senate approves new law making vaccines free and mandatory. Jeez. Free and mandatory. That's a red flag. Okay, next up we have... Um, this article here, Tom Graham on Twitter, at Tom2BadCat. On election night, Trump and his campaign team assembled in the Eisenhower building to watch the results come in. Know what's there? A SCIF. I don't know what that is. Sensitive Compartmentalized Information Facility. The kind used by Army Intelligence Cybersecurity Division, 
they were monitoring the fraud in real time. Now, this is just his his take. Let's see what else he has. So he's talking about this uh, term, but which, by the way, people are getting banned left and right for bringing up hammer and scorecard. I don't know if there's anything to this. I think that it's an interesting one, but I need to see more. I need to be able to see. And that's, I guess, the problem is that a lot of these allegations might not have the smoking gun proof needed to convince people like me. And they might get away with any cheating efforts that might have happened under the cover of night using advanced technology, especially if they have insiders at these companies like uh, Dominion Voting Systems, which was doing some shady stuff, pushing updates to computers on election night that weren't even supposed to be connected to the Internet. So it says the Federalized National Guard was uh, were pulling around the clock duty in at least 16 states. So I don't know how much of this is just speculation, uh, but there's some interesting gems in here. Let's keep looking. He says, the SCOTUS ordered all ballots received after the deadline in PA be segregated from those received on times. There will be a ballot audit. So I also hear that a lot of these requests to segregate the ballots was not uh, followed. We're not followed. Interesting. Okay, next up we have a thread by uh, Harmeet K. Dillon at PNJABAN. She says, Thread, in case y'all are wondering who at the DOJ is in charge of election law matters at the uh, Justice Department, there are two places to look. First, the Civil Rights Division of DOJ, which is headed by Eric Drayband, Don McGahn, former White House counsel, law partner. DOJ says it sent election personnel to 44 jurisdictions to monitor this election. Curiously, many of these are places with massive problems in the election, including uh, Detroit, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Maricopa County. What did they observe exactly? Whatever it was, they aren't doing anything about it. And uh, the Trump campaign is filing suits in several states to ensure that all and only legal ballots are counted. There is another department of DOJ where election problems are addressed. Criminal Division. And guess who is in charge of the election crimes branch of the DOJ Criminal Division? A career guy named Richard Pilger. And if the name seems vaguely familiar at all, it's because Pilger was deeply involved in the Lewis Lerner IRS scandal allegedly colluding with her on ways to target and prosecute conservative organizations like Tea Party and others. Here's an article from ACLJ about his involvement with Lerner's illegal scheme to frame conservatives. Pilger, when subpoenaed to Capitol Hill by House Oversight, Daryl Issa in 2014, refused to answer over three dozen questions about oath, or excuse me, under oath, on the Advice of DOJ attorneys, and they link to an article from The Hill. And despite this history, Pilger is still in charge of the same department at DOJ. Wow. He's supposed to be controlling the prosecution of election fraud in this election, she asks. The guy accused of conspiring with the lowest learner to criminalize conservative speech? Don't hold your breath about Nevada GOP criminal referral to DOJ is looking into, quote unquote. The government is full of survivors like this. They bury... They burrow in, lurk, and like submarines, they surface to survey, then dive and fire torpedoes, and you never know what hit you. 
DOJ civil rights and election integrity have been missing in action in this election. It doesn't have to be so. Um, also, I saw a good uh, stream by Millie Weaver earlier that I wanted to show a little excerpt from. Uh, this is the Periscope stream I'll share with you. Um, it, it showed up because I follow her on Twitter. And when you start streaming, uh, check this out at the top. I've actually been banned, apparently, off Periscope. I have to contact support to regain access. But that's why I haven't been streaming on Periscope lately. To anyone who cares. <laughs> they banned me. But she showed an interesting video. And that I, I want. Not allowed in in Philadelphia, as you remember. She goes over a ton of interesting stuff. But she also, what I wanted to show is these people sh uh, walking in with bags. I think it was like right at the beginning. Yeah, check this out. Wouldn't you? But that isn't what happened. So let's go ahead and watch this. Outside of the Philadelphia Convention Center, and there's there's potentially some more fraud going on this evening at about 10, 11 p.m. What time is it right now? What time is this happening? It happened about 11.30? 11, 11, 11 p.m. Okay. So, I'm a volunteer with the Trump campaign. I was told to go to the Philadelphia Convention Center to wait in the lobby to see if I saw anything suspicious. The main thing that we were looking for were large groups of people coming in with suitcases, uh, with bags, and we'd been there for maybe no more than 10 or 15 minutes when we saw a steady stream of individuals coming in with backpacks, purses, um, getting in, going through the metal detectors. They had credentials to get in. There must have been at least 40 to 50 individuals with backpacks coming through in the past hour. We specifically brought this up to the Philadelphia Police Department. They said, we're going to check with our superiors, let you know if we can check the bags. I asked, I asked multiple times. Finally, a deputy uh, commissioner uh, inside came up to me, was questioning me, was being very uh, aggressive, erratic. I said, sir, you know, we just want to make sure the bags are being checked. They're specifically going up to uh, the voting, the vote counting area. And when I brought this up, I said, you know, sir, you guys are checking them for weapons, but you're not specifically checking them for ballots. He got very nervous, erratic. Um, he put his hands on his head. He said it's too late to be dealing with this. He immediately went to the Philadelphia Police Department, who then came up to us and said that we needed to uh, leave the lobby, which we had every right to be there. We have a court order from the state that says that we can observe ballots, and we were in the lobby. We weren't even in the voting area. So we sat outside. Um, Look at those bags that they're carrying in. Large bags and backpacks. Dozens of individuals coming in with backpacks and purses late at night. They were granted easy entrance uh, to the facility, and after about 45 minutes, uh, officers came out and said we had to get behind the barrier. So I hadn't seen that before. I recommend watching her stream here. She had a great episode. I sped it up a little bit if you're wondering why it was fast there. And, um, you know, I'm getting reports from all over right now, trying to keep it compiled and organized for you. Uh, here's the next thing I want to cover. Let's see what's going on here. Um, they're rushing. This is just a comment that's getting 3,000 upvotes on this Donald Trump forum here. They are rushing, pushing to set the narrative, positioning the board to pressure courts and state legislatures so the decision will be Biden or civil war. They don't fear us. They fear the left. Immense pressure will be put on Trump to concede for this country. He will need us, the roaring majority. So that's what some people are saying. Uh, here's another one. I think probably the one I really wanted to show. Um, Posobic just got emailed evidence of a... Let's just go to the Twitter, to the tweet. He says... Um, Just got emailed evidence of a PA, that's Pennsylvania, nursing home resident who is not registered to vote 
And yet when her family checked, she was listed as having voted by mail in this key state here, Pennsylvania. So how did that happen? She did not register to vote. And it says she voted by mail. Now I'd like to see some more evidence. Um, and they should follow any of these examples and see how it possibly happened. Now, this is a very interesting article here. I just want to remind people that we do have an open line situation going on right now, meaning that you can call into the show and have your voice heard. I'm going to put the link in the chat again. All of these videos get re-uploaded all over the place to all the video hosting sites, the podcast hosting sites, etc. So if you want to... Uh, Get on the stream, get your voice on the stream, and sound off. We'd love to have your perspective. Uh, here's the link if anybody wants to come up here. So um, it says here there's undeniable, this is somebody's opinion here, the, the redelephants.com goes over what they call undeniable mathematical evidence that the election uh, was stolen, they say. Uh, check this out. So let's start here with 2020 absentee mail-in voting advantage percentage to Biden. So if you look at some of these swing states, look at how huge the advantage was for Biden. Pennsylvania, 60.5% advantage to Biden. That's a percentage advantage. So does that mean that he got like, what would that have to be, 80-20? Yeah, like just about, right? If Biden got 80% of the votes... Trump would get about 20% of the votes. If you subtract the two to see how much more percentage, the percentage advantage Biden has, that's 60.5%. So 80-20, Biden really? In Michigan, um, still really high, 37.9% Biden. So that would be what, like, uh, what would 55%, 45% give you? Uh, just 10. So it would still be massive. Um, and then Ohio, too. So these are just some big anomalies here. It's like, okay, why did these states have such a high mail-in voting advantage? Especially something like Pennsylvania, which was about 50-50. Why were they 80-20 uh, when it came to mail-in? I mean, we, we can't admit that those people would be more likely to vote Democrat. But if you think about it, there's also the possibility that this whole COVID thing was like a master plan. If they had an if they had an apparatus for um, stealing mail and stuff or doing shenanigans with mail and stuff, um, and then they create this other condition where they say, "Well, Democrats are much more likely to vote by mail," and then when we get these numbers, people are like, "Oh, well, it must just be because of COVID, right?" And they explain it away in their mind. So I just think this is very interesting. Uh, let's keep going. This is a fascinating article. It's a scroll. It it scrolls and scrolls and scrolls. So what does this one say? In Wisconsin, on election day before the polls opened, Republicans-led mail-in ballots requested 43% to 35%, and mail-in and early in-person ballots returned 43% to 35%. Almost all of the ballots found while most of the country were sleeping after, they, after the officials stated they would stop counting were for Joe Biden. Here's a, a tweet that gets into some statistical analysis. Uh, spotted Toad, Toad underscore Spotted on Twitter says, okay, working with some more reliable sources now, Biden has 49,000 votes posted on the city of Milwaukee website as of 4 a.m. Wednesday and 194,000 votes as of 3 p.m. Wednesday. Um, 
102, 102 wards added more than 500 votes. 16 added more than 1,000. State margin two or 20K. So here's tabular data. Here's the chart. See the distribution, the long tail. Here's it plotted with the least squares regression line. I don't know what this means exactly, though. Okay, it says, and here are the Benford Law numbers for the leading digits of the early counts and late counts. I still would love to know what they're, what they're using. Uh, leading digits of early counts and late counts. D but you can see here, and I hope they put a graph. He says, or uh, Spotted Toad says, LMAO, is this how city elections normally look? This is the percentage of each ward's votes Biden won in the final counts. Uh, density. So this is some like more statistical ways to look at what's happening. It's going over my head, probably going over a lot of, uh, a lot of our heads here. But it's interesting to see people actually delve into the numbers and, and see what they think. So let's keep reading through the thread. C close relationship between the percentage of ward posted early and late. Little relationship between the totals posted early and the percentages posted late. Many wards had counted very few ballots as of 4 a.m., but had very high uh, percentages as of 3, uh, 3 p.m., which I guess we know. So at the bottom, you have early total Biden. And on the left, you have late Biden percent. And you have some, some uh, correlation there. I don't even know what that means, though. Early percent. So I guess each of these is like a, maybe a district or something. But that's an interesting uh, trend line there. It's definitely related, I would say. I need to think about that some more. Then they do some more statistical analysis like chi-squared tests. Um, they say the Jorgensen totals don't violate Benford's law for what it's worth. And we, we saw this earlier, a lot of, um, a lot of the stuff. Let me see if I can find that, uh, image again. There's so much stuff we've covered here. Okay, here we go. This kind of shows you for Chicago and I kind of want to find something better. Let me see if I can search here on this website, Benford law, and then we'll try to Oh, no results were found. Wow. Okay, I thought that would come up with something. Let me go to top. You, you, you've seen this. We've covered this to death, I think, at length. The um, and I think it'll go into this in this article too. That's what we can have to look forward to. But uh, there's apparently this thing called the Benford's law, which can tell if something is fraudulent versus organic. And they're saying the numbers that Biden or the Biden is posting look fishy, and uh, we'll cover that a bit more here. So there's also someone here. I've heard this name before. I've, I'm not. I don't think I've subscribed yet. Shylock Holmes. 
let's check this out. Evidence suggesting voter fraud in Milwaukee, a thread. I've been looking at the vote counts in Milwaukee and there's suspicious patterns in the data that need explaining. Proving fraud is difficult, but a lot of of irregularities point in that direction. Here's the too long didn't read. Democrats votes started increasing massively relative to Republicans after Tuesday night counts. This cannot be accounted for by explanations like heavy Democratic wards reporting later. When we look at the changes within wards, 96.6% of them favored the Democrats. So it goes on and on. I don't have time to read all of these. Um, I think we've covered most of these. I want to get back to this article here. Uh, Well, this is interesting. This is one of his tweets. Let's read both of these, actually. Uh, Shylock Holmes said the voter is a Democrat, so presumably he's inclined to vote Democrat for both. We can compare for a given ward which of the two races showed bigger improvements for the Democrat in that particular ward after Tuesday night. Indeed, the increase in Democrats relative to Republicans is significantly higher when the Democrat is doing worse overall in early counting. That's interesting. That's crazy, actually. The increase in Democrats relative to Republicans is significantly higher when the Democrat is doing worse overall. So the if I'm reading this correctly, the Democrat will do better when they started out doing worse. <laughs> they just happen to make up the ground needed. That seems odd. You would think that it would be proportional to what you see in other aspects. But I guess they'll always just say, well, because of COVID, we're going to see big numbers or big changes between the demographics of those mailing in. Maybe not demographics, but the polit- political leanings and and so on and so forth of mail-in versus in-person, I guess. But look at this. This is uh, titled, Milwaukee Percent Change in Democrat Votes Minus Republican Votes After Election Night Versus Democrat Fraction of Vote on Election Night. So um, I think each of these is a ward. And you can see, well... I don't know exactly what each of these dots are. I wish I knew. I think a ward, maybe a candidate. Let's see what what people say here. Are these all just the races across the country? Oh, Milwaukee. So how many dots could we have in Milwaukee? Those must be... I don't know. I wish I knew. Oh, is that a Democrat percentage increase? Predicted Democrat percentage increase. Okay, so let's check this out. So they're looking at fraction of election night vote for Democrats, right? So as you go to the right, they got more and more vote percentages on election night. And then you see the percentage of increase after election night. So I'm seeing like some big numbers here. Like, see, it's definitely higher on the left, right? Where the Democrats scored a lower percentage of the total votes on election night, they did much better mail-in. Now, correlation does not prove causation, right? That's what they're going to say, but there is a, a relationship, it seems. What exactly it is, it's not clear, but why do we see such a downward trend whereby the better they did on election night the the less ground they make up 
or or go ahead by, I should say, in those cases, you would think they would just take off and run. I guess maybe uh, maybe it's just been, maybe it's just based on the way this is worded because this is change in uh, Democrat to Republican over time. Democrat percentage increase minus Republican percentage. I don't know. It's a little too complex for me right now. It's blowing my mind. I need to meditate on this and just think about what are we looking at here? And what are each of those dots? Are those races? Um, I wish I knew. I wish I knew more about this. Maybe it's every race at every ward. That would kind of explain how many dots we had there. Okay, moving on. Now, this is the key thing. Biden's numbers violate Benford's law. And uh, it's an accepted test for catching election fraud used by forensic accountants and the State Department. Uh, they point out in, uh, in another piece I read that you can look at like Enron versus the totality of all the uh, company's data and you can see huge irregularities in uh, Enron's data because they were cooking the books. So here's Milwaukee. You can see Biden's got this weird shape, right? Now that we've kind of become accustomed to uh, Benford's law, which says that the smaller leading the smaller numbers, smaller uh, digits are gonna have a higher frequency to be first in a uh, organic uh, number series. But Biden, it's like what two three like why is two, three, and four really low? Like they start a lot with one, but I don't know, it's weird. Like also people might just instinctively know that most numbers start with one. Like if you were just to start guessing random numbers, maybe you're more inclined to pick ones that start with one. I don't know how that works exactly, but it's an interesting claim that people are just saying, look at this. And you look at all the other races in Milwaukee or all, all the other people, the candidates, and they more or less follow this line. And you're like, wow, that's really interesting. I didn't know there was such a relationship where the smaller digits show up more likely than the, the later ones. But why does it hold true to Biden? Biden's got this really weird shape where five shows up a bunch. <laughs> five is like right up there with one in terms of the most common leading digits. Now, here's the same thing in uh, Allegheny, Pennsylvania. Another one, huge blue thumb, red thumb, whatever you want to call it. Sore thumb, <laughs> sticking out like a sore thumb. Um, it doesn't match the expected distribution of numbers. Like what's going on there? Chicago, same thing. His like peak in the middle. They're like a normal distribution and it's supposed to be much more highly frequent for the smaller digits. Isn't that interesting? All right, so uh, we've covered all the other stuff, I think, or more or less. Okay, this is one we have to call, we have to go through, but um, I also want to open up the lines for calling in. 
If anybody wants to call in um, and, and say anything about the topic at hand, I'll ask you some questions even about what you think on some topics we've covered. Here's the link. If nobody wants to call in, that's fine. But I do want to play this uh, clip here. This is from CD Media. Host L. Todd Wood talks with a um, an insider or something. We'll, we'll hear the story, I think. But uh, I do want to share the link, obviously, in the chat. And I'll, I'll put it in the description as well. And uh, there is some sort of an error here where there's like one part of the screen in the top left. Doesn't let us see the full slide. It's weird. You'll see. Uh, so we'll do our best to make sense of it as we watch. I'm going to play it at like two times speed so we can get through this fast. But um, let's check this out. And now here's CD Media's host of Information Operation, L. Todd Wood and George Eliason. Hello and welcome again to Information Operation, where we take a deep dive into the war that the deep state is continuing to perpetuate against the American people. We're not in our studio again today uh, because it's being remodeled, but we should be back next show. I've got a very powerful guest for you today. We've all seen the complete election fraud that's been going on uh, against Donald Trump and really against you and me. Today we're going to tell you how it all happened. Uh, Russ Ramsland is a founding member. Let me get the name of the company up. Uh, what's the name of your company, Russ? Allied Security Operations. Thank you. Thank you. And he's, uh, well, I'm just going to let Russ introduce himself and kind of turn it over to him because the information he has is quite shocking and we want to get this out there. Go ahead, Russ. Welcome. Well, thank you very much. Delighted to be here, Todd. Um, our, our group is a security uh, group. We specialize in cyber operations, but we also do physical security. And uh, we became very concerned. A lot of our guys are, are pretty uh, accomplished people. A lot of them came out of three-letter agencies. Uh, uh, some of them were very disenchanted with what they saw happening in those agencies under uh, the previous administration. And so um, we, we are mostly a commercial firm, but we got involved in looking at the election system because of some logs that some activists brought into us from the Dallas election of 2018, the so-called blue wave. And um, the more our cyber guys got looking at these logs, the more concerned they became. They went, wow, how can this possibly be? And um, so the story I'm about to take you on is, is really just tracking the journey that we made over the last two years. We have funded all of this uh, ourselves, and uh, it's been an entirely internal uh, investigation just because we all have kids and we're concerned about the, uh, about the country. Very true. So that's where we're going to go. Go for it. Take it away, Russ. Very good. All right. Well, let's go and, and jump on here. Uh, the first thing to know is that um, in 2002, the United States did the HAVA Act, which was the Help Americans Vote Act. And that was kind of a, an interesting name for it. What it really did is it gave about billions of dollars to uh, states uh, to redo our entire election system and go entirely cyber and electronic. And the problem is that there were no standards that were ever set for the security there. Uh, and so companies do it. Private companies actually run your elections today. They do it with uh, no transparency and no supervision. Uh, the entire election system, what we're going to show you today, uh, it's a complex patchwork of private companies. Uh, they, uh, there's this myth out there that it's air gap. That is virtually completely untrue today. It's all connected to the Internet. It's all susceptible to the Internet. It's all susceptible to hacking. Uh, if you read the voting company's own manuals, it'll tell you that exact same thing. And these guys uh, conduct elections all over the world, private companies with private shareholders and no transparency. Uh, the, the biggest part of the air gap myth is simply that there is an unofficial database in these county uh, tabulation systems and an official. And the, uh, the two are not connected. But we see them behind the same firewall, and my guys can easily go from the unofficial to the official, as we're going to show you. Uh, as I said, there are no security standards for how this software needs to be maintained or done. And um, most secretaries of states uh, in the various states really don't understand what they're, they're uh, signed up for and doing uh, because they're now very, very complex systems. And we found at least a dozen or more entry points where votes can and, in fact, are being switched. And the software is so bad and so porous that uh, anyone wishing to hack the system and change votes and then also change the audit trail. So what that means is you really have to catch it in real time. You can't go back forensically in many cases and, uh, and catch what happened. So how did all this, how did all this happen? <clears throat> well, on November 14th of 2018, as I said, we had some people uh, who were activists bring in the 1,137-page log from uh, Dallas uh, County Central Tabulation System. And um, we were so concerned about what we saw. So let me, let me start with a definition. Uh, bogus voter rolls, bogus voters, and polling the station equipment that's hacked or defective, uh, we all call that voter fraud. And it is real, and it's really out there, and it's going on now in massive amounts. Uh, and the polling station equipment really can be hacked. I had a, a guy sit in his car outside a polling station, and in three minutes he was inside the polling station equipment uh, using his cell phone. Uh, so all that's real, but that's not what we're talking about today. 
What we're talking about today is what happens principally when your vote hits your county's central tabulation database and server. And what we're seeing is that actors can take those uh, to remote computing capabilities, they can redistribute the votes, and then they can re-upload them. That is what we call election fraud. And that is the trip I'm going to take you through today. Now, what we saw was very interesting in Dallas. We saw all these errors you see uh, right here. All these errors were on the logs. And at first we thought, well, man, is this just the worst software in the world? And so we decided to compare Dallas and what we saw in the Dallas logs to what was on the San Antonio logs, that's Bear County. And we used the logic that said, look, if, if this really is going on, the reason we picked San Antonio is that it's the exact same private voting company running their election. And uh, in San Antonio, there's, it's very, very blue. And so there would logically be only one race that uh, if someone were, were trying to do what we were worried about doing, there was only one race they'd mess with, and that was the Ted Cruz Beto O'Rourke race. So we shouldn't see much in San Antonio, but we should see a lot going on in Dallas if, in fact, our concern was true. And what did we find? Well, uh, we found 1,027 times in the Dallas logs uh, the warning that votes exceed ballots. And when that happens in a precinct, basically what it's saying is uh, you have now loaded more votes for candidates into the computer than, than uh, the ballots that were actually cast. And so between the end of early voting and election day, uh, we saw that warning 1,027 times. And by the way, each time is not one vote. Each time can be 20, 30, 50 votes. So it can be a lot of votes here. It never appeared in the San Antonio laws. Hard database reset. Between the end of early voting and election day, we saw all the original uh, votes get downloaded from the precincts for early voting. Uh, they were, they were uh, reports were generated. And then the entire database of them was wiped out. And uh, a little while later, it was reloaded from someplace else, not the original data. And we saw that happen twice. Never happened in San Antonio. We saw on election day, the warning precinct is already updated. And uh, it didn't matter. The private operator, ESMS, said, well, we don't care. Update it again anyway. And then, of course, well, many times you'd see a vote exceed ballot warning. Replaced? We saw entire precincts replaced 96 times in Dallas and only once in San Antonio. And then collect audit data from a compact collection. This is not collecting it from the original um, um, data sticks that came in from the precincts. This is something different. And we saw that happen four times. So right away, we went, man, this is not looking good. <clears throat> now, since we're a private company and we're doing this all with our own money, we said, look, let's, let's see whatever else is out there. And frankly, we were quite surprised to see how many reports and how much info uh, was already out there from very reputable uh, cyber people. We started with the Everest report that was written in 2007. That was Harry Hursty, and I think Matt Blaze was part of that, and a bunch of guys. And um, they outlined company by company. This is a report about an inch and a half thick. They outlined company by company all the vulnerabilities and places that people could go in and alter votes undetected. Um, I will tell you that much of the, what they found in those days is still vulnerable, and it is still out there. We looked at some C-SPAN panels. Uh, these were two broadcasts in 2016, cybersecurity and U.S. voting systems. These were very technical people on panels, and I think the broadcasts were about an hour each. Uh, Matt Blaze's testimony before the U.S. House Committee on Administration in January of this year, and we looked at things like the ESNS security test report uh, that was done in 2017. And so we kept looking at all this, and each time we would see some of these, we would then go and look to see if the same vulnerabilities in these reports still existed. And quite frankly, in most cases, they do. Uh, we also read the voter company manuals. We were surprised that the manuals tell you very clearly how an operator of the system at the county level can simply go in and change the votes. We looked at the uh, source code, and we learned some very interesting things about the source code. It's all available out there. Uh, you can um, play with it if you want, and that's a problem. And we can trace the entire vote trail. Most people don't know that their votes are stored and controlled someplace and then reported. And in 29 states, they're actually reported by a Barcelona company, and your votes are on a server in Frankfurt. And by the way, that Barcelona company is in bankruptcy, and we don't even know who owns it. And yet that's where 29 states' votes are finally housed and reported and vulnerable. And then we looked at ballot marking devices, and we won't get into that today in our report to you, but we have a whole section on that too. So uh, let me go back. In this report right here, just to give the viewers some idea, in terms of ESNS's electionware servers, there are 17 critical vulnerabilities and 49 important ones, and they are not fixed. In terms of the electionware clients, there are 24 critical vulnerabilities and 51 important ones, and most of those aren't fixed. So you can see that this stuff has lots of problems, and it's really not being tended to. And it recently just got worse because Big ITP, which is a platform that these things are on, uh, just came out with a report that it had a, a very uh, bad vulnerability, and that vulnerability, uh, ESNS sits on it, has not been fixed. So we said, man, this is <clears throat> this is a real problem. So we looked at six voting companies. There, there's more than this, but we looked at, at some of the biggest ones, and that would be ESNS, Dominion, Heart, 10X, Demtech, and SGO Smartmatic. And uh, that was about 92% of the market, in, uh, best we could determine, in 2018. And we simply first went in without doing any kind of hacking or anything, and we just revealed the hidden files behind their public-facing sites, and we were stunned because we found in every case that the administrator names and passwords for critical files are being posted in the open. 
so that they're telling you, look, here's the key to the front door, feel free to use it and walk right in. We found the voter registration list by precinct worldwide that included, uh, in some cases, uh, personally identifiable information. We saw previous vote uploads. We saw all the source code. And by the way, many companies are using the same basic source code structure in a lot of cases. We found the software was so porous that operators of the system and even outside players can change votes utterly undetected with no audit trail in the case of Hart or an erasable or changeable audit trail in the case of the SNS and Dominion. And, and so that means that no evidence of vote changing can actually be found by a really good hacker, uh, if a really good hacker had done this, uh, later on. So when your government says, well, we found vulnerabilities, but we find no evidence of votes being changed, no, you won't. You have to catch it in real time. We uh, got access to their entire uh, AWS databases, clouds. We saw the ballots. We saw the new Dallas ballot before Dallas did. Uh, we saw all the counting and tallying functions. And these are the ones that interrogate the database at the county and actually say how many votes went one place or another. <clears throat> so in short, some of these guys uh, discovered that any candidate could win or lose by directly altering the votes at the server database level for almost any election that they conduct worldwide. And of course, our concern was, uh, if we could do it, then so can bad guys. Uh, so let's let's start. First, I want to dispel this silly myth that the entire back end of our nation's voting system isn't connected to the internet. Here is a trace of just Dallas from 2018. This is the Dallas system. And look at all the servers that it connects to, the IP addresses and servers. Uh, this thing is totally, completely connected to the internet. And anyone telling you differently is not being straight with um, We found all kinds of security problems. For instance, uh, all of these various sites, and these are various county sites, should have their own SSL certificate. In other words, this is kind of like the, the front door key to your house. So let me just show you. I'm going to blow up just this one little section, but everything on this page actually is sharing the same SSL certificate in 2018. So you see, here's Dallas County right here. Here's Miramar, Florida, Madison County, Jefferson, Hudson County, New Jersey. I mean, it is unbelievable. This is the same as if you and all of your neighbors for 10 blocks in every direction around you shared the exact same front door key. How good is your security? So I wanted to share with you exactly, and this is oversimplified, but this will give you a pretty good idea about really how the whole election system set up. You and I vote out here at the voting place. And one way or another, whether it's on thumb drives or over modems or wireless or however, it gets to your county's central county. And there they have the whole poll book records and voter rolls. They have databases that are unofficial and official. Uh, they have tabulation and reporting software. And this whole thing is either run by private voting companies or by what we call mid-level companies that simply use some of this software and hardware. But these are all done almost exclusively in the US today by these private companies that have their own election management systems. And it's a real patchwork. That's part of the problem. So what happens? Well, all this stuff in red actually goes to uh, one of these guys and they house your votes and they also store them in the, in the cloud. And then either through the Associated Press or Decision Desk HQ, uh, it gets reported to the media. Now you need to know that these guys' databases are always online with these guys. So that whenever there's an update here, it's flowing here. Now in the case of Clarity Elections, Clarity Elections was very interesting. It is owned by a company named Seidel. Seidel is in Barcelona, Spain. 28 states use this election night reporting system. Uh, Clarity is owned by Seidel. The, the uh, server is in Frankfurt, Germany. So that for instance, if you go into the Dallas County website and you wanna see the unofficial votes and you want a download of them, you will get a little CSV file that you can turn into an Excel file and see what the unofficial votes are at that particular moment. But if you go into that file and look, you'll find it was created six time zones east of Dallas. So that in our case, that would be Europe. And that's, that's further evidence of what's going on. Now, it's also important that you understand that this unofficial database is connected intimately with all of these. And we already know that there is a bug in part of the CIDL system, malware, that allows it to capture all of the credentials of everyone who is reporting into it. So that means now with those credentials, you can change things here or here and backload them here so that it's not the votes that come from this direction, it's the change votes that can come from this direction. So, and, and the idea that then there's this official database that sends things to your secretary of state, there is an official database, but since it is behind the same firewall, it doesn't really matter. You can go from the unofficial to the official. In our investigation, right there, in our investigation, we found ways to change your votes there at the voting place. We found ways to change the tabulation software itself. I'm gonna show you an example of that in Kentucky in a minute. We found ways to change the database itself. Uh, we found ways to go into both of these and change the software that they have that again gets loaded into the equipment here that goes to the equipment here and rig a vote. We found ways that we could get in and change that database. We could change that database. It's a mess. So what did we see uh, that was strongly suggested in Dallas in 2018? 
Well, we had people that uh, we know that are extremely credible people, and they wanted to tell us that they had seen NGP Van playing in these databases. Now, who is NGP Van? Well, NGP Van is the voter analytics company for the Democrat Party. It's kind of like what Cambridge Analytica was in 2016. The difference is 20, uh, Cambridge Analytica got pilloried, NGP Van got ignored. But what any voter analytics company does is they look at a history of primaries and they draw relationships between early voting and election day in the primary for a particular party. Then they look at the results in the following general election, both in early voting and in election day. And what they're really trying to do is make algorithms that based on historical evidence of what happens here and here, and then tracking what happens here in real time during early voting, you can project what's going to happen in the way of voting on election day. And one of the byproducts, of course, is that it will tell you at the end of early voting, how many early votes would need to be added or subtracted in order, according to your projection, for you to win on election day. That gets pretty important, particularly in what we've seen in the last 48 hours here in the United States. So what happened in Dallas? Well, the uh, votes from the precincts were sent by a flash memory card to the central tabulation servers in Dallas, and then these four players got involved. That's what we saw in the previous slide. We saw that you have an operator at the county level, and that is being constantly updating Clarity, which is also updating Seidel and their clouds. And in the case of Dallas in 2018, this operator had his own laptop. He was bringing it in and out of the tabulation room all the time during early voting and election day, and in one case was seen taking a thumb drive out of his laptop and plugging it in here. There are wireless connections here, and there are wireless connections here, so that the unofficial database can transmit. One of the things that bothered us was the timestamp mismatch error that we saw uh, thousands of times in the logs in Dallas. And that can be generated a couple of different ways. But one of the things that happened was we saw NGP Van interacting with this stream. Now, we can understand why this arrow exists, because they want to get the early votes and upload them every single day so that they can upload and change their election day forecast. The problem is this end of the arrow. What was NGP Van doing putting things into the stream as opposed to simply taking things out of the stream? Things that went into the stream would generate a timestamp mismatch error. Don't know if that's what it was, but we can tell you it's in the logs. And of course, all of this stuff, as we said earlier, is stored, controlled, and reported by a Barcelona company, Seidel, which has its servers in Frankfurt. Why in the world is the U.S. election storing 28 of its state's votes on a server in Frankfurt operated by a company that we don't even know who's the owner? Let me show you that Seidel vulnerability we talked about. That's the vulnerability. Um, I'll show you why that's, well, the reason that that vulnerability is really important is because filtrate, in other words, it can take files out of the system and um, send it back to their infrastructure so they can see what's, what's happening. It has web shell functionality for remote access so they can get in. And it has a very interesting persistence and mitigation capability um, such that when a patch to fix your system uh, that may be infected with QSnatch is generated, uh, QSnatch itself redirects that patch elsewhere and um, it continues to. So they're getting into some possible vulnerabilities, uh, exploits. Seems like there's a lot of them. Looks like they're connected to AWS, which is Amazon Web Services. Very uh, crazy what's going on here. Uh, let's see if there's any other interesting things here here they're covering so now this clip that's going viral about um this update this updates here and then you see the bottom update and you see that uh they actually like one guy loses some points and the, and the democrat gains points and it's really weird but um let's listen a little bit more here I spent hours looking at this, and eventually I went back and I reran the query, or I attempted to rerun the query, just to make sure that I hadn't gotten it wrong. But when I reran the query, I changed the order. Now, it shouldn't matter whether you ask for straight party tickets and the governor's race. It shouldn't matter if you ask for the governor's race and you then refine it by straight party ticket. But it did matter in this case. Same precinct, same number of votes cast, but all the undervotes have gone away. There are no undervotes now. All the undervotes have been awarded to Andy Bashir, and 20% of the Republican votes have been awarded to Andy Bashir. The tabulation software itself, if you know the right order, you can determine who wins. Now. For those of you who may not understand what an undervote is, an undervote is where you start voting down the ballot and you get to, say, the fourth or fifth race, and you just don't know either person and you don't want to vote it at all, and you skip that race. Well, that creates an undervote. It creates a blank space. And so, obviously, in the first one, eight people skip the race, but when you ask the query differently, it gives you those eight votes to the Democrats. This is a problem. So, um, 
what are we doing and finding using cyber here in Dallas? Well, there's a group, Open Records here, that's doing a fabulous job, and they have been downloading the files of the cached votes in both Dallas and Harris County every single day and, and archiving. And uh, they built a unique database. Uh, what they do is they, they assign to a voter record a self-identifying uh, unique identifier. And by that, I mean they look across the entire voter record of that cached vote, and they add up all the zeros and ones, and it gives you a unique identifier that's different from any other vote. So now we can actually flag it. And we can see if that identifier changes, we know that that vote has been tampered with. In the course of that, we've seen phantom, we've seen ghosts, and we've seen purges. And we're going to talk about what those are on the next slide. But as I said, when a vote is changed or tampered with, the unique identifier changes, and that allows us to flag it and look at it. So through the Wednesday, we had seen 57,000 votes that were altered during early voting. Now, in some cases, altered means purged. In some cases, it means purged and reinstated a couple of days later. Uh, in some cases, it's cast by one person, and yet it's voted by another. We saw 10 blocks of Westminster Street and Island Park, and they had every single one of their votes purged and later, but partially reloaded. We see people who are double voting. We see people with no voter ID voting. How does that happen? In Houston alone, we saw 250,000 votes altered on October 14th. Now, what I'm saying is we're, we're just generating this from the records that the county is publishing. So let's talk about what ghosts, phantoms, and purged or tampered are. Ghosts are people that use another person's residence as their legal permanent address for voting purposes, but no one at that residence has ever heard of that person. This happens to be four. In fact, this poor family ended up with another one. They ended up with five ghosts in their house, all of whom are living overseas, and who all of whom voted twice. Um, so we saw these ghosts, and, and we're going to show you a site you can go to if you want in Dallas or Houston. We haven't loaded the other voter records. Hey, G. Goodwin's in the house. We have a panelist, or a call-in, I should say. Uh yeah, we can. Let me uh let me unmute you now that I know that you're here. Okay. okay. Uh, everybody, we have uh G Goodwin in the house. Can you let us know uh what you're calling about and uh you have the floor. What what's on your mind? Uh yeah, I was just calling to say that I appreciate you going through all the info. This is really interesting and uh definitely like, you know, eye-opening with everything and uh you seem to pointed out all really well and have the patience to go through all the different channels because I know I wouldn't but uh I guess one thing that I think that would help with all this election stuff is I mean wherever we go which is pretty much anywhere whether drones or satellites I mean we're just always being recorded by cameras so like why wouldn't voting booths or wherever they're tabulating all these ballots like be like right underneath a live camera or like cameras that you can review great question and uh we did see some weird videos of people filling out the ballot and it was almost yeah. as if they didn't know they were on camera and one of them uh that one with the woman like over her right shoulder like almost straight down uh yeah there was someone some people said they the other person across the table is he was reading her ballots and they were fixing a damaged ballot or something that doesn't make sense though no explanation makes sense other than she did, she didn't know she was being surveilled on the cameras, and I wonder uh, if you know just how how extensive this problem is. And uh, then yeah, there's also I mean, like the hacking and exploits in the machines. Go ahead. I know. I think that um, you know, just like you go into a school building, everything is monitored. You know, and like having presidential elections, you would yeah. think it would just have a ton of money to back up, like you know, all of the security problems that are like. No one should have to record from their phone 100 feet away or, you know, even six feet away. There should be a camera like above the table or wherever they're at. Or maybe they can wear one on their a necklace or, you know, like, I mean, there's always like questions of fraud. But it's like if they could be on camera live, there would be no question. 
Right, right. And what about the co- the idea? And I know this is probably I, I know it's controversial. I'm, I'm not saying I, I believe this, but it's interesting to think about. There's the there's the possibility that what if COVID was created from the start in order to win this election? And they're like, we need a bunch of mail in ballots. We need poll watchers out of the out of the vicinities. And so, OK, what can we do? Oh, pandemic. Or, you know, maybe at the very least, it was one of their uh, many items that they were trying to check off their list. Um, well, I don't know about that. People might think it's organic and that they're just that their uh, reactions were justified. But I think it was uh, very suspect from the people who brought us 9-11. I'm sorry, you you cut out like on almost all of that, except for the part that you said that subject to 9-11. Oh, OK. Um well, don't worry about it. I think the people out there heard it. Uh, might be okay. your connection. Uh, let's let's play a little bit more of this and uh, stay on the line. And I want to get your take. Uh, there's just a few more minutes left of this uh, expert who's pointing out all the problems with the uh, the voter fraud. I just want to uh, maybe listen to his conclusion here and then uh, stay on the line with me, and we'll get your take. Uh, hopefully, right. you'll be able to hear this. So let me know if you can't hear this playing it now. All right. Thanks. So. Is this America or Venezuela we're living through right now? And it's a very interesting yeah, question. I can hear Essentially, it. five key battleground states were Democrat governors, all suddenly quit counting at the same time in the dead of night, and then they suddenly resumed three hours later. Trump was comfortably ahead in all five of them when they stopped. When counting resumed three hours later, enough new ballots have been found in all five states, five out of five, that suddenly Biden is, catch, is caught up. Even more incredibly, virtually every single found ballot in most of the states was for Biden. And unsurprisingly, in Michigan, it's now known that the votes were a bogus file upload. So, um, and one state, Wisconsin, now has more votes than their entire registered voters. Uh, nationally, that turnout was 50 to 60%, which is huge, but 100 plus percent was really huge. What can you do? Definitely. Well, the first thing is quit buying this thing that it's it's uh, not connected to the internet, that they're adapting it's safe. It's absolutely not. We can prove it a dozen ways. Um, your state, uh, your secretary of states are issuing waivers to these private companies to do things that in most cases contravene your state law, and yet they're doing it. Don't let them do it. Um, make sure you don't have ghost voters at your house and demand that your state clean its voter rolls. In the case here of Houston and Dallas, uh, openrecords.org, you can go to their website, plug in your street address, and you'll see whether there are any ghosts living at your house. Um, other states ought to be trying to do the same thing. And, and by the way, what you're seeing on this open records website is not something they generated. You are seeing the county's records that are there. Um, one of the things we've been recommending to people is, look, vote on election day to throw off the forecast. Remember, early voting, um, there's a gap between the end of early voting and election day. And that gives people a lot of time to figure out how many votes they need to move around, jigger, or change. Uh, and of course, that's what we saw in a mini form uh, Tuesday night when all five Democrat states suddenly quit counting and took a three-hour hiatus to figure out how many votes needed to appear or get changed. In this case, they appeared. And uh, sure enough, they did. Um, volunteer to be a judge, clerk, or poll watcher. Even though everything we are talking about right now is in the computer, the fact, uh, because it is part of our national critical infrastructure. As a democracy, we rise and fall on believing that our vote is sacrosanct, is is uh, protected, and um, is going to be voted as we pulled the lever for it to be voted. And that's it. All right. So we'll stop it there. Uh, it sounds like this is a security expert guy. He owns a, or I don't know if he's the CEO, but he, um, or the owner, he, he is involved in a company that uh, does security analysis uh and he's found a lot of problems with the voting machines he's also been following the 2020 election closely and pointed out a bunch of uh anomalies there what what do you think about this guy uh russell ransland who just brought us that presentation on uh cd media here um i mean i think it's you know um it seems like just the exact thing you know like whenever i went to sleep at night i'll look at the polls and it's like you know um trump would be winning and then it's like i would wake up and i'm like how is biden ahead like that's so sketchy especially like in all of the like the way the numbers went like trump was just winning like 
so dominantly and then it's like in a few select states it's like it just kept dwindling down but more in favor of biden and you know i think that the machines definitely have some kind of flaw in them because you know or the people that are counting the votes i'm not sure which one but right. there's definitely there's definitely something super sketchy Super sketchy. And I have this thread up here. I don't know if you can see the screen right now, but this is somebody on Twitter called Julian's Rum who brings up all these swing states and just shows some uh, videos of all of these people at the Trump rallies. So this first one, Pennsylvania, just packed. Um, Georgia, totally packed. Look at Georgia here. Yeah, I mean, Trump had so many fans. Like, And, I mean, you would think that Biden, even though, like, he was like just like his thing tonight it's like it was nothing right right uh and here's arizona just to go through this list since i think it's a good compilation to look at these back to back to back arizona which went biden most of these have gone biden georgia pennsylvania uh arizona north carolina i think trump has tons of people in north carolina but it's just amazing it's like I guess each of these people who's ve- who are very enthusiastic in supporting Trump and will go to the rallies counts just as much as some random person who gets their ballot sent to them for some random reason and sends it back right after they circled Biden. Um, the enthusiasm doesn't gain you any more uh, points other than it's contagious in some some respects. But uh, just amazing to see all these people. This is Nevada here. All these people out there for, for Trump, and you don't see that for Biden. And... Uh, this is a Michigan. Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. Go ahead. You cut out, I think, for a second there, but you're back. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just basically everything seems super sketchy about how, you know, they could predict and say that Biden, you know, is going to win the election, you know, or by inauguration, he will be the president. I mean, there was nothing in his favor, you know? Right, right. And let me just go through a couple more of these. This is Michigan. Uh, this is Wisconsin here. Just huge, huge crowds. Uh, and then this is a Biden rally here with the circles. And I know that the Democrats look at COVID and gatherings differently. Although, look at what we saw today after uh, or yesterday after Biden declared victory, all the celebrating and the crowds in the street. Now, yeah, I, it's bull crap. It, it totally is. And um, I, I want to hear more from uh, the call-in people. I want to I welcome to the... Uh, through the conversation, another call in person, Crypto Node, who's just joined us. Uh, are you with us, Crypto Node? Can do you have your mic with you? All right, guess he's just listening. So, uh, go ahead, uh, Jiku. When I just wanted to be polite and bring Crypto Node in if he wanted to say something. Am I? Uh, no. Oh, there he is. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, CN. Yeah, hey, so, How's hey, it going, man? Is this a marathon or what? <laughs> It's a yeah, it's a marathon. Uh we're going we're going in and now we have the call in uh insights. So I'm loving life right now, covering a lot of news, covering a lot of speculation, getting those opinions out there and uh hearing what people think. So what what do uh what do you think, crypto no? Yeah. I this is a bizarre world. I mean, really, uh our, our election system is completely upside down and it's pure corruption at its finest my in my i agree yeah so um, uh, yeah go ahead i was gonna say when you played uh towards the beginning of your stream uh i forget the lady it it was but you were scrolling through some tweets 
while she was speaking. Right. And I just wanted to mention because it was that the lawyer, at, the lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, that? I mean, what I thought she said that was really powerful is she was like, the mathematicians and statisticians are saying this isn't just improbable. This is impossible. Laura, Laura Lim or something like that. Laura. Well, there was um, there were two women that we listened to for a long time in this broadcast. Uh, one. Well, well, let me just let me just remind people who they were. One was um, a poll watcher, so-called nonpartisan poll watcher. And she had a very interesting story about what she saw that, you know, she's concerned with. And then we also had a uh, human rights lawyer uh, yeah. who was kind of pro-Trump and telling us about uh, some stuff on Facebook. So I don't know which one you're talking about. Yeah, that second one. And I had to kind of review. I, I kind of went back while you, we were watching this last video. And you were the, uh, you know, going through your Facebook threads or wherever, that this cultural husbandry. Uh, as you were scrolling up and down, uh, you pointed out uh, the, the, the stats that we were just looking at with all the, the points of uh, Biden versus Trump. And if you if you subtract uh, uh, Trump from Biden and all of that. Right. But Let's remind people about that. Was that the chart where, which seemed to imply that the worse a Democrat did initially, the better they yeah. do in the long run, almost as if they got the votes they needed. But uh, if you can try to find or backtrack a little and find that uh, cultural, his name was cultural husbandry, husband and then R-Y. Okay. He on... had some really digestible statistics uh, in kind of like spreadsheet form about how Biden voters were over 200 <laughs> percent uh, compared to. At a yeah. certain at a certain jurisdiction or something, right? The registered vote percentage yeah, the or the of, Yeah, I'm looking at it now. City of Milwaukee votes big for Biden. And it's it's kind of you know, statistic statistically, it's just not possible to have Well, uh, I'm going through I'm going through cultural husbandries on Twitter. Let's watch this video here. You guys should be able to hear the audio. This apparently is a whistleblower that I haven't heard. So I want to watch this before we move on. But we'll try to scroll down and, and catch what you're talking about. So write that thought down. But let's watch this uh, so-called yeah. uh, Minnesota Ward 6 city council candidate and chair of Ward 6 GOP. Um, let's check this out. Sending people to be an election judge, sending people to be an election judge so that they can tell who to vote for and, you know, interpreters and so many things and having a volunteers, yes, that's another case. But these volunteers, they're not only taking the people from their home to, the, you know, bowling places, but what they do is like, they taking it, they giving a rice, taking inside the bowls, circling their ballots. That's what they usually do. I'm not sure if this is true. Uh, I don't know if I trust this. Uh, possibly, possibly. I haven't heard that other than them from her, but that is going around on Twitter. So let's keep going through and see if there's anything else. Uh, I'm not saying she's wrong. I just don't know if we could really go off hearsay from her. Uh, let's see if there's anything that this person posted in terms of like tabular data or so. Oh, here it is. Here you go. Uh, city of Milwaukee votes big for Biden. Joe, B Joe Biden won huge margins Tuesday in the city of Milwaukee. Uh, so if you look at the voting board, 240 or excuse me, 274 
273, you have turnout percentages over 200%. So you have 640 and 634 registered votes, respectively. And then you have total votes double that. <laughs> it's insane. So go ahead. We found the graphic. What, what, what do you think about this? Well, yeah, I think it's just way more digestible to read it this way than the other charts you were looking at with the kind of like the uh, regressive curves with all the. Right, data. right. That was some creative statistical visualization there. I was trying to make sense of it. And there's a lot to what was being plotted there that, you know, <laughs> it's not a very clear thing. You, you know, with a good graph, you're looking at like one variable, although, you know. Some some more complex minds can handle more complex things, but you know I, I like yeah. it when it boils no, down I, to something I, obvious. I, I was going to make a point to these charts, uh, real yeah. simple to fit like in uh, simple mind. To me, it means it's easier to get to one thousand than two thousand, and it's easier to get to two thousand than three thousand, right? Right. So, By the time you get to three thousand, you'll have hit all the two thousands. You're saying, or nine thousand, right? So it's easier to count. You know statistically get 8,000 votes than it is to get 9,000 votes. And so I think that's why this curve goes down in time uh, as you're counting. Because well, no, no, no. What we're looking at here isn't time-based. It's not like as time progresses to the right. Those are, this is a distribution chart where you just have, I mean, it could be in any order, but they're numbered one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Those are the digits that are possible in, in number sequences, right? Also zero, yeah. but you can't have a leading zero really. So, uh, these just are the frequency by which numbers start with that digit. And you see, the and I think that's what you might be saying, but I just want to be very clear what we're looking at. This, this isn't a time series. If, if you're looking at the screen now, this is the, uh, and yeah. maybe maybe I moved on to, to this graph and we're looking at different pages here, but this is the Benson, I think it's called, yeah. oh no, the Benford's Law distribution uh, based on the leading, dig the leading digit, the smaller, so... <laughs> Numbers are much more likely to be uh, to start with the small leading digit. Well, if that makes at, sense. but see, as you roll through those sequences, right, one to a thousand, you know, one to one hundred, and one to a thousand, like yeah. you said, you're going to hit one, and then ten, eleven, twelve, and then you're going to hit, you know, thirteen, you know, uh, and then you'll hit right. the twos, like twenty, thirty, forty, and statistically, as you keep going to like nine thousand, you're going to hit more ones during that cycle. To get to nine thousand, right? Well, by the time you get to ten thousand, though, you should have seen as many nines as ones. Although I guess not. I guess this is saying that that is an incorrect assumption that I'm making. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting how it works out. I've never I've never listed all the numbers out or done any any tests into this before. I've never even thought about this type of. I will I will say one thing. Yeah. I don't know. Can y'all hear me now? Yeah, we hear you. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Uh... Oh, now we lost you. Uh oh. Okay, uh, reconnect and come on back because we lost you. But um, now another thing you mentioned was you know the poll watchers, yep. uh, the people, the the Republicans that were kind of refused access to a bunch of these polling places. Uh, you mentioned uh, and that one lady, she went from I think she was Republican, but she registered kind of to be a poll watcher as a uh, nonpartisan. I didn't see that she was a Republican. There was another person they had talked about right before her that was Republican. And then she okay. was nonpartisan. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll get to you in a second, Chico, when we, you cut out, so we moved on. Oh, we'll, I'm sorry. We'll come back. Crypto Node, what, about, real, what about her real quick? That uh, the Democrats didn't already kind of 
fakely, you know, kind of say, oh, they're there representing right. Republicans. That's what I was thinking, too. And um, that is kind of a creepy thought, isn't it? It's kind of like, you know, False loading flag. the gun on both ends, you know? Oh, yep. Yep, absolutely. It's a double-edged double sword that way. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and they're, they're kind of keen and sneaky that way. That I They think are, right. Anyone who would cheat in the election would look at that as a viable, smart thing to do. And it would make sense why they covered the glass with uh, cardboard. If you know which Republican uh, poll watchers are really on your side, you can be like, <laughs> okay, uh, this one, this one, this one, you're allowed, everyone else out because of COVID. But go ahead, uh, G. Goodwin. We want to hear what you have to say. Welcome back. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I was just kind of, I downloaded the app just so I could call in. I didn't know. You know, oh, it sounds crisp. It, it sounds all. nice. Go ahead, man. Yeah, I put it on speaker. So, but uh, yeah, I don't know how much y'all heard of me me earlier. I'm just saying that the graphs. I mean, you know, it just looks sketchy. How you know they're not similar to how they're supposed to be. Exactly. And but only only on Biden. Like, Biden's the biggest one that looks yeah. sketchy. Yeah, and I mean, um, you know, if your graphs are resembling Enron, then. You know, there's probably another red flag. You know, it's like, I mean, his look even wonkier than Enron's. Enron's oh, yeah. was like a little, a little wonky. This one is like, like normally distributed. Like yeah. one sticks out, at least on this Milwaukee example here. One is just a little edging out of five, but yeah. five is supposed to be way down in the in the list. Like yeah. it's supposed to be used like, I don't know, like a, a I guess a third of the amount of times is one. But uh, yeah. it's weird how even on these other ones, we don't really see it, it perfectly lining up with the line. But I, I don't know what like to make of red... it. Could the, could the numbers on the bottom be like the day, like the days that, you know, like the first day you would get no votes? No, okay. no, I'm pretty sure that's the leading digit. OK, Um. so it's not time series to the left decreasing. Over but I time. think that I think that even if you did have the days on the bottom, the graph would look similar because. It's like Trump was just winning, winning, you know, and then it's like the next day he was winning just a little bit. And then the next day it's like all of a sudden Biden just like jumps in the lead and starts beating him and all, you know, and then it's right. like a more of a spread. So it's just I mean, I don't know. Yeah, some really weird stuff going on. Just eyeballing like how much support was for Biden and then seeing he got 75 million votes. <laughs> it's completely unbelievable. I think they. I think, like, you know, they had to win. And so they gave themselves. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm speculating here, but think about the possibility where they're like, we're going to win no matter what. If we have yeah. to give however many points we have to give to win 51 percent to 49 percent in as many states as we can, we'll do it. And then yeah. a bunch of people show up and vote for Trump. They have to outdo it. And then you yeah. end up with like these crazy numbers where Biden scores. And he was having the biggest rallies like ever. So Trump you can was actually see Trump. Yeah, you yeah. can actually see Trump like, well, maybe he would. You I mean, know, he was going like by he was going. I keep switching him up. He was going like um, Obama levels. Trump was. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. even more. What What do you guys think? Can you remember back uh, like Obama? Like he had a big acceptance speech. I remember, although yeah. maybe that was all movie magic at this point. But I think they had people really believing. Yes, we can. Which backwards is thank you, Satan. And, oh, uh, dang. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? If you no, record like let's do a test here. I want to I want to prove this live. You so, heard about the three three oh three three oh like if you divide that yeah. by twenty twenty. Okay. Oops, sorry about the volume. <laughs> but then they changed the number. Funny. Oh, I didn't hear they changed the number. It was like, yeah, it was like they ended up changing it from like three three oh to three three 
or something. They took like one digit off or something. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, I okay. Let me just try this real quick. Uh, hold by panel. A pa- guys, hold like hold on. I just want to. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me uh record. Uh, yes, we can real quick. Then I'm gonna play it backwards and just show you guys what it sounds like. Okay. Yes, we can. So I recorded that. I'll highlight it. I will affect reverse. And then play it back. Uh, I can't hear it. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> oh I mean, it's God. a little bit of a stretch, but it gives me like the creeps. I tell you what, he just started talking about God in like the last couple of days. Yeah, and his I, hymns and, it and everything. Me up when when you said like I think it was yesterday or something. You're like I don't want to uh, like something from his God, you know? Like, oh I yeah, I don't want up. blessings from Biden's God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Well, it was late in the game. I think he changed his slogan to the soul battle. of the nation. Oh yeah, that's good. Battle for the soul of the nation, right? And then he came out and he said uh tonight that it's time to start healing the soul of the nation, which you know, I've been looking into this word psyche and uh, psychology. I think the word psyche, well, it used to mean like soul, I think. Now it means more mind, right? Psychology, study of the mind, psychiatry, uh-huh. the healing of the mind. So when he talks about healing the soul and this duty of care, I just have these like horrific flashbacks to the uh punitive psychiatry in the past this abuse of the duty of care to sterilize people kill people lock people up lobot yeah give people lobotomies i mean like they're really taking out some scary pages from history and yeah and you don't really want your president dealing with your soul anyways like yeah supposed to be like helping with the country he's not the preacher yeah hands off our souls (laughs) exactly uh, well, okay. like you said, you, you, you led into their, uh, what, what did you say their new slogan is? Duty of care? Yeah. You know, it, it's like they're trying to, cir- they're trying to circumvent, or well, not circumvent, but they're trying to, you know, what Steer a government society. Really yeah. They want to, cl- you know, of, of our everyday uh, dealings, you know, foreign right. affairs. They want to control everything. But not the people. You don't want to control the people. You know, it's like a business. You don't want you, you deal with your day to day business, uh, you know, accounts payable, accounts receivable. But, you know, when, once you start uh, man, they're using the word mandate now right. a lot more. Did you hear what he said? Uh, I think yesterday before he, or the day before yesterday, before he actually declared it. Remember how he waited an extra day um, and, yeah. he, and he came out and he said, or maybe he was. Oh, I can't remember. I think this was today. No, maybe it was yesterday or the day before yesterday, well, he, I should say. But, but real quick, he, he came out and he said, 75 million people voted for me more than anybody ever. We flipped all these crazy Republican states. Um, and he said, um, the nation has given me a mandate. I need to act yeah. on COVID, on uh, the economy, on um, what was another one? There, oh, the climate, the, climate change, oh, and then yeah, uh, yeah. systemic racism. And COVID, right? Yeah, he might have said healthcare or something too. Just all these things, and it's like, oh no, no, I'm not going to force you guys. You guys are forcing me, and that's what he's been saying. You. I have to correct you on something. Go ahead. What'd you say? Two hundred and fifty million thousand? <laughs> yeah, that Didn't was he pretty add funny. Thousand on the end? Yeah, he no, he added million into there because it's a stretch to say that two hundred thirty thousand people died of COVID. But that's what they <laughs> that's what they're telling themselves. They actually think that that estimate's low. 
But now if you look she at said it, said the same thing. She's she's using the same talking point. She, she being, said mandate. Uh, a Kamala. Oh, Harris. Right. She's she's uh, riding off the coattails. You know, she's using the same terminology. So, you know, it's it's. Oh my god. It's I think crazy. It's just yeah. nuts how she's going to be the vice president or president, possibly the president. People yeah, are lying. Yeah. People are suspect of her um, maybe her being the real Pelosi. the real choice, the Trojan horse here. Yeah. I mean, she only had like, what, three percent, you know, before she dropped out. I don't know. Well, so, let me ask you guys, because I'm going through these articles. I want to get your guys take quick takes here. Mm -hmm. uh, so this one is the uh, Maricopa County. Uh, Trump has launched a website called don't touch the green button.com. And just based on like reading what kind of information they're asking of people, it looks like, uh, potentially people had their votes jeopardized without the proper explanation. And this green button that says cast was abused to take bad, uh, ballots that were improperly read by the machine. Uh, maybe even because the machine was overly sensitive or something, or, Maybe the Sharpies caused two things to, to be um, identified well, or something. That's exactly it. And when you went down the rabbit hole and you showed, you know, all the different people that are related to this company, Dominion, mm -hmm. you know, like Clinton Foundation and, uh, you know, I, I don't it's like probably what, 90 percent Democrats that are involved yeah and in nancy nancy pelosi's top aide went over there and uh also somebody trying to think of his who how he was related but it was like he he serves it on all these huge boards he throws around a lot of money he like owns it or something and he sits on yale's board and all these different companies and yeah it's it's a crazy web and people are really just starting to unravel it but dominion voting i just hate the uh, name the name i was gonna say like you know it's like whenever you're you know, maybe not everybody's into the Bible and stuff, but whenever you're referring to dominion and you look that up, it's like not godly, like satanic, Satan's dominion. And then you hear about like this legion of women, you know, yeah. legion was like, you know, the, the, uh, demon that like Jesus like cast it out. Right. Like, we're, Interesting. We're legion, you know, we are many. It's like, why would you want that name? And people you are know. accusing uh, Washington Post, the thing you're referencing there, of propaganda. I think that's definitely true. They were pushing that as an ad on Twitter. They were really yeah. trying to get that on as many people's faces as possible, in their eyes. Um, that's crazy. Legion of women and minority groups were yeah, the reason that's... why Trump lost, or something like that. And uh, they're, yeah. just, they're also setting it up for people to be incredibly, uh, to just have this huge uh, mental breakdown if this, when this gets flipped, if and when this gets flipped. Um, I know well, that every I can... bogus, oh, every bogus company that they, uh, you know, LLC number four and yeah. LLC number five, you've seen it with, you've seen it with the Biden, uh, incorporated, you know, right. their, their whole, uh, scheme that they're doing with China and all that. Uh, we saw it with dominion when you went down the list of all the people that were involved. Right. There were some people with a four and a five. And well, a although although that one, I haven't really been able to tie to Dominion. That was like Axis Software or something, but other people have brought it up. But uh, that's kind of a separate one. Um, I don't know what their involvement is with voting or if it, if it might be a false lead, but that's Feinstein's husband and all these little like one, two, three, four LLCs, all the same name, but they have like Roman numerals yeah. after them to number them off. It's crazy. Yeah, so that is crazy. And there was another name associated with it, very similar to like Liar. Uh, yeah. If you remember. I uh, do remember. That's funny. 
Bible, liar. I mean, as soon as you said and showed it on screen, I was like, okay, yeah, liar votes, uh, Dominion voting. I mean, it, it just seems like it's all completely rigged. And this is right. definitely. And you know what? Out. That's a great point, man. And um, I was looking at this election guard software, kind of freaking out about, oh, they're going to steal the election with software and it's going to be rigged from the start. And now I'm like, wait, has this already happened? Maybe this has already mm -hmm. happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, this this has really brought this to my attention and a lot of other people's attention. The possibility. I mean, think about how many people didn't vote for him. Like, just in the oil industry, you know, my whole family's in the oil industry, and it's like the last people that you want to just like take away their jobs is people in the oil industry. Like, those are some, you know, like hardcore people. You know, it's like, and if he's going to take away fourteen million jobs, like, I mean, that right there is like an army. You know, and then he's going to be taking away a, like a bunch of other people's jobs, of course. And I mean, man, it's just like he ran on, you know, like the opposite of things that like, you know, let's make your taxes more. You know, let's I mean, he didn't have anything to run on. There's no way he got 75 million votes. Yeah, he wouldn't even answer questions because that might become the news story the next day. It's like, are you serious? He man? always he always deflected. He right. never He'd be like, I, Trump wants me to answer that question. Come on, man. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, I don't think he answered any legitimate policy question. Nor did he give any plans. Were... No, not right. at all. No yeah. policy ideas. He was always yeah. talking about Trump's plans and how they didn't work and how he would just do things and they used the words like, we'll do it better or we'll fix it. Or, right. We'll and depending it. on which audience he was talking to, it would drastically change. Yeah. Neither one of them had any, any real... Uh, right. Trump included. Good point. Good point. How to run? How to run a, a country? So, uh, yeah, it's it's not good. I want to go back to the actual election night, though, because if you guys, I, I t you had your your stream on that night, right? You were streaming during that whole thing. Um. Yes, I was covering. Well, I don't remember exactly. I've covered a lot of this. Um, this story. Obviously, no, the election coverage. Election night. I, I know I covered day. a lot of it. Uh, I can't remember how much of it, uh, but yeah, we, we covered it on the night of, I don't, I don't remember how many hours. But at like 10 o'clock at night, they just, most of the uh, kind of like the battle states started to just say, oh, we're going to stop counting until um, whatever. <laughs> yeah. day or, you know. But I, th I think what they did was they saw how much uh, Trump was leading, you know, by these large margins. And they looked at themselves and said, uh-oh, we better, um, you know, shut it down for right now and go to plan B. Yeah, it looked like Trump was going to for sure win, like, Pennsylvania and uh, Georgia and, like... Uh, Even Michigan. Yeah, right. and it's just, like, within a matter of days, it's like they just slowly kept trickling Biden up, which is probably why that graph looked like it did, you know? I mean, they were... Sometimes less slowly. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it would just were, jump straight up. And it was always like at four in the morning or something weird. Right. Yeah. So what what do you guys think happened? I mean, uh, I've they, never seen that before where they just, uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll just stop counting right now. Didn't we'll you get, say, Tim, that like some of the machines were hooked up to the Internet like and they weren't supposed to be? And two Georgia counties uh, broke because of updates that Dominion pushed to the machines. And, and that was the first it, real one, one last thing. That was the first time Georgia used Dominion across their whole state. And it, it flipped blue that time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then we look at uh, 
rallies from Georgia and they're just like some of the biggest rallies I've ever seen for Trump in Georgia yeah. during COVID. You know what I mean? Yep. And I think that if it's happening at one place, you can't rule out it's happening at other places. And right. You know, and I've just... seen enough. I've seen enough that makes me really concerned and question. Did you guys hear uh, the, uh, I keep butcher. I can't speak. It's kind of a tongue twister. Detroit leaks. Uh, have you guys seen Detroit leaks? If you played it, then I probably saw it. Well, yeah, I played it. It was from the Detroit election worker training session or something. And it was uh, yeah. basic. Oh, yeah. How to you, cheat or something. Yeah. Basically, like what to do if people come in and say that their vote was stolen from them. Oh, just give them a provisional ballot and it'll be destroyed. Stuff like that, which I'm like, wow, that really is bad faith. And um, it's it shows a clear like I mean, it's, it's not like smoking gun in and of itself. But it, it, it leads one to think that there's a larger campaign, and that's just what they were telling people. Like, anyone who's ever worked in a corporation before or any type of hierarchical structure, most of the time, you're only going to see what you're supposed to see. It's compartmentalized, and they'll give you instructions, which might not make sense, but if you saw the big picture, they would. You know what I mean? But that's a good point yeah. right there. That is a perfect point. Like, you see it with Facebook, like the shadow banning, you know, with YouTube and Facebook and you know what I mean? Like they do it behind closed doors and they kind of don't want anyone to know about it, you know, until it finally leaked out and everyone finally realized what's going on with the purge. Right. And yeah. that's what's going on with the election. They're using that kind of battleground tactic is is purging Trump's votes. And I just uh, can't stand how they're censoring him and like Kaylee McEnany and like just all the like top Republican people. I think it's like. You know, if anything, you can just like give them a flag or something, but you can't just take off their voice. They're the most important people, and like everybody should be hearing from Trump. Uh, I think Twitter owes Trump like a a lot of money just for how much he's brought into their platform. Yeah, I mean, think about how many people are on Twitter because of how much the mainstream media like flips out about Trump tweets. You know I what feel I mean? Like he could file defamation it's... against so many people. I, I imagine he could. I mean, if anyone had a case, it'd be like, it'd be maybe Trump. Although yeah. he does say some crazy stuff from time to time. I, I'm having a hard time thinking of it. I'm not like a, one of those um, people who hates Trump. Although actually I kind of hate Trump. Um, I feel like the whole thing is rigged. It? Yeah, go ahead. What do you call it? Uh, what are the Democrats doing? They're deflecting. They're, it, they're mirroring, right? So Projecting. whatever it, they do, they accuse the Republicans or Trump of doing. That's yeah, right. right? That. You yep. know what I mean? And, and, and that's what they're doing, like uh, what you were just talking about. Like uh, he doesn't say that, you know, he doesn't say bad things. He's just a little bit, you know, maybe uh, more vocal arrogant or, you know, rude or, you know, cocky in a way. But man, he's liberal just... who are, you know, like what was that actress that held his head up with, you know, blood dripping down? Uh, I can't even remember her name. Who cares? I know who you're talking about comedian lady and uh you know and he gets banned or turned off for a little while for you know saying something just normal you know yeah and what they said speaking of beheadings uh uh steve bannon you know used some language that they they didn't like uh related to what kathy griffin i remember her name um yeah he said it but she's like she's like you know steering it into our minds and he's uh He's mentioning it, although, you know, vivid imagery on both occasions. Um, but, yeah, it's crazy how you can say one thing and all these different platforms will hunt you down with the help of the leftist outrage mob. 
sending them clips and they're like, oh, you know, you violated our off-platform rules. So we're going to take you off of all these platforms all at once. <laughs> Just the total deplatforming, you know, synchronized. Boom, you're gone. You can't like say, okay, you know, strengthen what remains because nothing remains. Yeah, it's crazy how much like this election holds for other countries. Like Australia is saying like if Biden stays in office, then China's going to attack them. You know, and then Israel, it's like we've been helping Israel and Biden said he's going to renew the nuke deal. So then Israel is like we're getting looked at, like wiping the wiped off the face of the earth. And then it's like, you know, it's not just like American people that, you know, like we've been helping. It's like our troops are all over the place and it's just going to like, you know, not help the good side. Basically, it's like, right. You know, Taiwan, we're over there helping Taiwan. And then it's just like Biden's going to like reverse everything. Like Iran is going to be the friend and China is going to be the friend instead of Taiwan. And, you know, we're not even going to care about Australia. And it's just like there's so much more that, you know, like Trump is, you know, whether you like him or not, he's at least like helping the countries that, you know, I feel like should be helped and that, you know, are against the global you know, power and the, you know, ruling elite, like, because, I mean, he's standing up for people that want to take over their countries, you know, and, um, yeah, I yeah, know, I hear, I hear what you're saying. And, uh, yeah, I don't like Biden's policies. I'm not a huge fan of Trump's policies, but then again, like, I don't know everything he knows. I'm not in the position he's in. But then, you know, it's also kind of like I haven't sold out the way he sold out in some cases, you know, um, yeah. I haven't made closed door deals. I mean, we, we know so little about Trump. You know, yeah. we hear his announcements, yeah, but, but we don't know what kind of hand, what kind of deals he's shook on and uh, what kind of agreements and, and uh, kickbacks he's getting. I don't think he really serves us as much as he serves himself, his family and. Yeah, his I friends. mean, we have we all have our own sins. But in this case of two people, you can clearly see who's good, the better guy. You know, are you talking about make, like making a list of his accomplishments and what he's done for the, you know, for the United States and, and, and who are you asking? Uh, well, the, you know, the panel in general, um, you know, are you saying that um, he, you know, just let's take a look at what he's done. He's kept us out of war. He's trying to bring back the troops. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if that's true. That's for? what they, that's what they say. We're definitely about to go to war with China in Taiwan. And we're definitely going to be helping Israel. And well, I don't like the, I don't like the terms definitely because it's they're hard to prove, and I just want to make factual claims here. But yeah, I mean, I I could foresee that happening. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of ways that wouldn't happen, uh, just by how how powerful they are. It's kind of hard to picture a battle, a fight between but them. But do we feel, or uh, would you say that he's um, taking the uh, the defensive or offensive side of that? You know, like. He's not aggressively going out like, uh, you know, Obama did and, uh, you know, with, you know, and Clinton, you know, blatantly just going to these other countries and trying to change their regimes. It seems like he's taking more of a defensive mode saying, yeah, hey, he helps don't mess with our allies. Sure. Well, I mean, he, he drone strikes a lot of people and including Soleimani, which upset many in the region there, but maybe people don't care that those are upset. I, I get both sides of the argument, but, um. Yeah, I mean, I don't want yeah. to get too much into, you know, Trump and whether he's a good president or not. It's it's very complicated, a lot of these policies. And, you know, like with China, for instance, I know he put a lot of tariffs, I believe, on mm -hmm. uh, 
on China. And, and some people might say that's a good trade move. Some people would say that's a bad trade move. I think people who uh, sell Chinese stuff, you know, who, who supply stuff in China might have been hurt by his policies. Um, but then again, maybe that's a, a boon for America in the long run. So, you know, a lot of these are very deep questions. And um, like we said earlier, Biden didn't really set forth any any plan. It, it shows, I mean, like the Biden uh, laptop scandal, the Hunter, I should say, laptop scandal um, shows that, you know, there's some weird connections and some weird tendencies to sell out their influence. So, yeah, I, I'm yeah. terrified of the Bidens. Um, that's where I, I really um, can unite with the Trump supporters and that the Bidens scare me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's where I stand. But I want to ask you guys, uh, and thank you again for calling in. I want to ask you what how you see this playing out or maybe some different scenarios that you're juggling, that you're uh, seeing as possibilities. Uh, what, what do you guys think and what percentage of the, you know, what percentage chance do you give each scenario happening? If you can give me like the top couple scenarios you see. Um, I would say that in terms of the election, because I don't think I was clear just in terms of how this election wraps up. I mean, I'm just praying that Bill Barr, you know, like does what he's supposed to do. I don't know what's taking so long. And now all these other cases are being filed and stuff. And, you know, I'm hoping Amy Comey Barrett is going to, you know, like do what she set out to do. But it's like you can't really tell if these people are going to turn in a moment's notice or what. You know, right, like, right. So there's wishful thinking and hope, and I, I'm with you. I hope people do their job and investigate this. But what what do you think is going to happen? Just like we're just kind of I, I want I want to see who who makes the best guess. We'll we'll reflect back on this and see uh, who was closest. If you just had to guess which way you, you see this playing out, I would say Trump's going to come out on top. Interesting. So you think like after some recounts or some contested yeah, I cases, I think it's gonna you know take all the way like up to that date of January twentieth, like very close to it. But I think that you know there's there's enough proof out there that you know the nation as a whole isn't gonna just let this slip by. You know, like like you said, there's a bunch of Trump protesters. You know, like at all these places and I guarantee you as it gets closer to the date and they haven't done anything for Trump, it's going to like draw more of a crowd for him. Yeah. And that date is very important. I'm glad you said that because, um, there's a bunch of different scenarios about what could happen going into that date and then various scenarios. That's another key thing, a key point to look at. So say, um, say there's some significant data or evidence that comes out to show that Biden and his, in his campaign and, and, uh, allies of the campaign, stuffed the ballot boxes or something like that. But if the media and the tech giants are censoring that and, you know, it's he said, she said, and it's very confusing and, and this date's approaching, um, Trump might have to make a decision whether to pack up and leave the White House for Joe to come in or to look like the tyrant in the eyes of the left. I think the military's on his side, you know? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, that's a good good point. Um, they could be on his side. But then again, um, we're hearing rhetoric from the Biden um uh, the Biden camp, like, oh, well, uh, the government is well equipped with, with uh, escorting trespassers out of the White House, you know, and if the media and the tech is all saying one thing, I mean, maybe the media, I mean, maybe the military can be just as um, just go along with that, with what they see on the television. So it's hard to say if whether even political alliances would matter, given the chain of command and who's calling the shots at the top, that re- that's what really matters. But theor- yeah. here's my you good. Here's my take on it. Um, you know, Trump's had an uphill battle since the day he took office. Uh, 
and they're doing it to them again. You know what I'm saying? Um, so statistically, he's obviously at the disadvantage, right? Because media and uh, big tech and all that, they're, they're really pushing for the Biden win. So if I'm not taking sides, it looks like, you know, Trump's got that uphill battle again. And it just depends on if he does get support from his administration, from his officials, from uh, cooperating states, because the states are going to have to get involved from their own governance. Um, and if he's if he gets that support now, he's what now, look, he's already beaten impeachment. Uh, he's you know, he's he's kind of gone through a bunch of hurdles already, and he's kind of won those even though he had to be kind of drugged through the mud there but if he can get this one out and i hope he does because i really don't want biden harris uh i just think that's a it's a worse choice um so i think statistically if you know if he gets the support from his officials and they really take this all the way to the supreme court or any court and have these decisions made, he'll be a vic, you know, he'll, he'll remain as the next president. Um, if there's any glitches and the Dems are going to fight hard, uh, and they've got a lot of dirty tricks, and they've also got uh, whatever you would call like the deep state kind of back in their corner, it's, it's a toss up, you know? It is a toss up. I can see it going either way. That's what I was going to say. But if I know that's you, kind of a lame cover, cover my base. Uh, I answer. mean, right now he's the president and he can well, but, everything if he needed to. And well, he's the president right now. Right. But uh, things change on January 20th, like you said. But yeah, he could strong arm it and just hunker he could down. black out the media completely. And then the Democrats don't know what they're doing either, you know, and then he can mobilize the troops because he's still in power or mobilize whoever he needs to because he can contact whoever he needs to even if a you know a blackout occurred or something similar because i mean obviously you know there's some illegal things going on with the media you know like with censoring people and you know when they're not supposed to um and you know the democrats have obviously have done a lot of illegal things so i mean i don't know i think that He's in power still, and anything could happen. I don't know if it's going to, but, you know, I know the days are getting closer to not being able to. I think if he used kind of like the Democrat playbook and he comes out and says, listen, we've noticed a lot of indiscrepancies in a bunch of these uh, states, a bunch of the counties using certain kinds of uh, machinery and software. Uh, They'll just um, censor him, though. No, but if he says that, like it's not about him winning or, or Joe winning. It's it's about the integrity of the election process mm -hmm. and getting back to a, a a fair and honest election. Um, and he says the words like, and I you know I believe Joe would also agree with that, right? And then kind of that puts it into his court, uh, mm -hmm. Joe's, to say, well, I don't agree with that, or I do agree with that. You know, if he says I don't agree with that, and he keeps fighting. So I think what uh, Trump needs to do is is kind of uh, play middle ground and say it's not about me winning or Joe winning. It's about a fair election. Mm -hmm. And hey guys, guys, to... uh, yeah, I, you're spot on. I have breaking news though, uh, and then I want to yeah, hear what up? you were saying here. Check this out. Uh, here's a screenshot here that says Kaylee McKenna 24 minutes ago. I think this is her main account. 
Press Kaylee. We won huge, I promise, 71 million legal votes. We will be back. Trump 2020, hashtag stop the steal. Retweet, 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 and follow for updates. Is this maybe a, a um, this might be a parody account or something. Because when I click on it. I thought he already had 70, something, 70 million. Because yes. uh, Biden has 75. 71 million, that's what he's been staining. So I think this is a fake account, to be honest. I think this is a fake account. Because, okay, I thought they had suspended Kaylee McKinney. Because this account, when I clicked on it, and it's only been 25 minutes, I clicked on it and it says suspended account. Now, that could be because they're, in, uh, they're what's the term? Not impostering. Um, they're imitating. Mim- mimicking, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of the word. Like when you pretend to be a police officer or an official. I don't know. There's got to be another word. But uh, they're impersonating. I think that's the word, right? Yeah. They're impersonating yeah, right. like a government spokesperson, which is probably a no-no. <laughs> yeah. um, hey, this just reminded me of yeah. when you did your stream yesterday about Joe Biden being at his uh, acceptance kind of rally. Right. With, like, with, six, with, like with six Jeeps in the parking lot, empty yeah. Jeeps. And, and did you see the, <laughs> fake, the fake convoy or whatever it's called? Uh, envoy, excuse convoy. me. Um, and the... Um, and the uh, two uh, big screen TVs, and there and, he is talking, but he's not at the podium. Right, that's the key part. You know what I noticed? Exactly. Go ahead. He said seventy-four million. You know, oh, we've got more than seventy-four million votes, and you pointed out on the stream that he's got over seventy-five. Well, just to point out, that was that he, was today he when he bragged it. about seventy-four million, um, and it was seventy-five. But earlier, there was a separate event where he came out. To, to know where he wasn't in front of the podium, but he was on the screens. Just wanted to, but other than that, you're, you're spot on. And I think, uh, because you said, oh, this must have been pre recorded because there's a couple of glitches in right. Here Speaking that. of glitches, so I think he, uh, did pre record it because he recorded it when he was at 74 million and they played it when, you know, hours later when he was probably at 75. It's possible. Uh, I don't, I don't know about the 75 part. Um, I, I get the they they pre-recorded his speech. I think that's clear. They faked uh, a crowd with the jeeps, uh, but it was the next day he came back and he accepted it. That was later today, mm-hmm. and uh, he said seventy-four million, and it, by then it had hit seventy-five million, which I just thought was funny. But I think it had been at seventy-five million, or at least within round up range to seventy-five. Well, tomorrow for- when we tomorrow when we wake up or i guess later today it's probably gonna be at about close to 80 million so <laughs> yeah it's gonna keep rising they might have overshot it um well just take just take pennsylvania voters you know however many they have and just double it and you know two two votes yeah. per voter and two Biden, votes per you know, democrat yeah no any voter because if you press the trump button on the machine it comes out as biden so you know that's just how it works Nothing to well, see here, folks. We don't know exactly how it works, but there was something really weird with that. Uh, what's, what's it called? Uh, cast button, that green button in Mariscago County or whatever it's called in Arizona. Uh, Trump, that's one that Trump's opened a lawsuit on. Apparently, that might be tied in with the Sharpies, which they are definitely trying to quote unquote debunk with all the King's men, all the, all the establishment players, agents. Uh, they're trying to say that Sharpie Gate has been debunked. There's nothing about Sharpies. Don't look here. Even though I've seen videos upon videos of people saying that, you know, when they got to the front of the line, they were given a Sharpie, then their ballot didn't scan. And uh, 
I think I've even heard some people talking about what they're uh, gathering information about now for Trump's legal campaign, which is uh, that maybe poll workers were kind of forcing these ballots to be, you know, discarded by using this cast override button. So I'm, I'm very curious how this develops. Trump said uh, that they're going to start fighting this in court. Uh, prosecution starts on Monday. So that's tomorrow at this point. It's early, early Sunday morning where mm. I'm at. But um, yeah, it'll I be think interesting. everything needs to be audited. Oh, the I think totally. To be audited. Uh, there there the, should always the be a vote. hand count. There should always be a hand count. Yeah. How hard yeah, is it absolutely. to count all the votes by hand and then also use computers? Especially because of all of these uh, discrepancies that are caught on video. It's, it's caught on uh, even not video, but just audio. Right. Uh, real, real people in real places uh, signing affidavits. Right. Uh, you poll know, watchers. The poll watchers not being allowed to be in there. That is so suspect and just yells, oh, yeah. yells cheating. Putting up sign or like blocking, blocking the visibility. Right. Do you think that was it's really It's Biden almost like they need to do today? a complete redo of all the counts. That's it. Just bottom line. Yeah. A hundred percent. At like least, at least the Dominion ones. At yeah. the very least. But yeah. <laughs> Which well, is basically every swing state. Basically. Yeah. Only 33 of the 50 states use it. 2,000 jurisdictions. 40% of American voters. Yeah. And wouldn't you say that da data doesn't lie? You know, uh, I mean, unless it's manipulated, of course, but. That hockey stick, that chart that you always put up with uh, Trump in the lead and Biden below him, and then all of a sudden that straight up, you know, oh, now we're above right. Trump. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. The uh, the vertical increase. The vertical <laughs> Biden jump when, like, a, a big stack of ballots <laughs> yeah. show up. Yeah, all votes for Biden, no 130,000 votes for Biden or something, and zero for Trump. I mean, how do they find a U-Haul truck with, uh, you know, all Biden? <laughs> and it's it, not it, like that was in California or Washington. You know, well, it or... may have been. It may have been. But the example in question, it wasn't. Who knows yeah, how, yeah. how where it happened? Because uh, okay. there's a lot that I that we don't know about. But uh, some weird anomalies are popping up. And, and given how little in, uh, how little visibility we have and how you would think that the most corruption would happen when there's no visibility versus when there That's is visibility. You... It's amazing that. We, we have what we have, and it begs the question, how rampant is this? Go ahead. I was going to say, we kind of got off track, but back to your original question uh, a little while ago was, what do you think is going to happen either way uh, a month from now, two months from now? Um, yeah, yeah, let's get back to that. Uh, what do you want to add? I, interesting. You know, I mean, like, I'm kind of 50-50. I, I, I'm not 100% either way. I, I know I'm, I'm not a big, I just don't, I, I don't think, Kamala Harris uh, has done anything to deserve that position. I don't think she has good policies. She has the most votes ever. What is wrong well, with you? Yeah. Come on. Uh, yeah. And she said uh, so many know, firsts. No. She said so many firsts. She's the first black vice president. Oh, How dare you? The first she female vice president. Barely about India. What hasn't she done? But isn't this how they always run on their tickets and how they run their, you know, there's no policy involved. It's It's either I'm a, I'm a woman or I'm uh, uh, or I'm a certain uh, ethnic background. Or... Are you saying those aren't valid resume items? Well, I mean, it's it's part of who you are, but it has nothing to do They're with always don't don't implicate me in your hate crime, man. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, okay. There's something so, that's always different than they've ever had before, supposedly. 
yeah, it's it's well, crazy. You know. Like, you know, you're right. And I wanted to address that um, in her speech, in practically all of her speeches, it basically just boils down to like her identity. And like, we're so we're so lucky to have her because she's a woman and of color. And, uh, you know, that's definitely shouldn't be held against her. I'm not, you know, that would be no. horrible to say um, or even to think, in my opinion. But like, but is there anything of substance, my... anything of substance? What about that character part of the equation? Well, right. They they do everything they can to uh, deflect from their actual records over the well, years. You know, when I, Joe's when I look at my 23andMe DNA chart and all my DNA that I got tested, it says I'm from Africa. You know, like 53 million years ago or something like that, 53,000 years ago. Like, we're all from Africa. I just don't think color really should be such a racist issue. You know, I think we're all equal, but, you know, it's just something that they can run with because they didn't have any other talking points. Right. And they also try to project onto the other side that they're racist, and that gives them a leg up. They, they get to act superior. Oh, the other, the Republicans are the racist party and we love everyone and love us. <laughs> and yeah. it's just Was like, that... well, I don't, I'm not convinced the Republicans are racist. First off, you know, at this point, I don't think there's much racism because of how taboo it is and how it's not, not worth did you it. Hear, did you hear Bill Gates like saying like, you know, we should give the elderly people, you know, the first vaccine and the black people should get, you know, the next like to the first vaccine. It's like, man, if, if I was a black person, I probably would not want to be the next in line to get the vaccine, you know? Right. Like, I mean. Well, that's one um, of my favorite things about uh, the so-called black community is that they have distrust in the establishment. So I'm with them yeah. there. At least, the, yeah. the, you know, the, the number. I mean, it's not a monolith. There's a lot of different individual personas there, obviously. But um, if you look at the averages, they distrust the police. They distrust the government. Um. I don't know if they distrust the media as much. That's an interesting one I'd be curious about. But um, yeah, it seems like that distrust in the establishment is at an all-time high on all the sides. <laughs> it's actually yeah. kind of amazing. It's like it's imploding. Really? Well, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Now I'm, I'm having to think. I, I wonder why. You know, I mean, look at what's going on in today's well, day and age, as they say. Establishment right. is like talking towards like Biden or Democrats, right? I think so, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Making sure. Well, I don't know. I think that the establishment is really is both they, sides, but well, I th yeah, I think they like Trump, but they use different tactics to promote him. They they use like reverse psychology to promote him. Um, that's yeah. just my my hunch. Like I know because I'm looking at something that's projected as one total, as one way. Right? They're saying, oh, everyone hates Trump on the media, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing that because they want us to hate Trump, or that they actually yeah. hate Trump. Right? It just means yeah. that they're projecting a hatred towards Trump for whatever reason. And it could be uh, to make everyone dislike tr Trump more. Although I think it's it's really has a dual effect depending on how people trust the source. So if people watch MSNB MSNBC as a legitimate source that they trust, they're going to process the messaging that comes out of the establishment much different than someone who hates their guts. It's going to be yeah. like, uh, oh, you don't like so-and-so? That means I'm going to love them. <laughs> I'm going to love him even harder. And that's what I think well, happens I think, with Trump. I think that they definitely profit off of Trump a lot more than they have in, with presidents in the past. Uh, but there is something to say about the, the, the divide, I should just say, in general, that they're creating. Uh, you know, whether it be racial divide, social uh, status divide, 
Um, so I don't know. I, I kind of disagree with that. I, I, I think they, if they're a leftist type of media, I think they do promote hating Trump. And I think they do kind of like it. You know what I mean? At the same time, they're making Oh, I'm, I'm 100% in agreement with you. I think it's all divisive. And they, they have like two different halves of America. And when they put out messaging, they think about how everyone's going to respond. Game Theory 101. But there's crooks exactly. on both sides for sure. I mean, and they and they know Justice Roberts. They like, know the power of their outlets and how much people listen or don't listen to them, and how much reverse psychology get, gets kicked in. And then they have things like uh, the algorithms on social sites, which will push all these different little pieces of content um, strategically to to have impacts on people's minds. So they'll use CNN as just little uh, uh, arrows in their quiver to take um, Nancy Pelosi's term there. But yeah, yeah, yeah and it's, that comes it's, that it's actually crazy. comes from the Bible. If you look it up, like the arrows from the quiver. Oh, is that right? Like, and what, yeah, what was the context in the Bible? Um, man, I want to minimize it, but I don't want to like lose the channel. I haven't ever used this app, but if you just type in arrows and quiver, you know, like on Google, then it'll show you, or and then type in Bible, it'll show you like where it said. But I was reading through the Bible and I saw arrows and quiver and I'm like, man, I've never heard that before except for Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> you know, like, do you know what's funny is like I, I sometimes hear these Bible verses for the first time like this through through somebody quoting them without really sourcing the Bible. And I'm always like, wow, that person said something really interesting. And then I always yeah. find out later it's from the Bible. I'm like, oh, well, everything just kind of roots back to that. It's interesting. Yeah. Or a lot of things do. It's, it's very influential. Um, but it's you, like i wonder who told her to say something like that you know because mm -hmm. i mean i'm not saying she's not like a you know i know she's catholic and stuff but i mean just the fact on her stance on abortion and stuff like that it's just it's kind of hard for me to believe you know she's just going through the bible on a daily basis you know <laughs> no like, it's just a, it's just an influence tool for her yeah and so i'm just wondering who's giving her words <laughs> i don't know you know well, uh, sure she's I don't want the same prompt I, as Biden. <laughs> I don't want this to drag on for too long because I've got to upload this to all these different channels and we're going on four hours soon here. Okay. But I do want to hear, uh, I want to give you guys final words. And, uh, this is a format I want to do more in the future news and, uh, talk and call in. And I, I really want to thank both of you for calling in and, uh, take as much time as you need. I don't want to, um, wrap up in haste here, but, um, I do want to start wrapping up since i don't want it to be like an eight hour stream or anything because people won't, won't even click on it because they don't have time i understand so what are you guys thinking real, uh, how do you want to end this out well real quick i have a question for you did you report on or hear about the supreme court ruling uh order for them to uh yeah in, Pen in pennsylvania to segregate the ballots that one i thought it was the u.s i know i heard that too but I, yeah I it was the, the it was the u.s supreme court that i thought told pennsylvania to segregate ballots after 8, 8 p.m. on election night. But I might be thinking about something totally different. What was the Supreme Court ruling? Did well, that know? was it. Yeah. Oh, that was it. And it might not have and just been Pennsylvania, but uh, I thought it had to do with Pennsylvania. What about it? Okay. I didn't know if you reported on that. Yeah, uh, I touched on it here and there. But, um, you know, a lot of times I hear these stories about judge rules this, judge rules that. And I just don't even know what it really means. You know, sometimes I get my hopes up when I hear a judge rules something and it doesn't have any impact. So I don't really have a Did good you, understanding of the judicial system, to be honest, and what judge orders always mean. Because yeah. apparently these judge orders were just disregarded. They were like, no, no, Did thanks. You, did you see the actual order 
a PDF of it? Um, I think I, I think I did pass by it. I haven't read it out loud on, on a stream. Is there anything you want to read oh. from it? No, no, I don't have it in front of me. I just thought maybe you had a little more insight on it because I mean, I thought that was kind of a, a good thing that came out at least. Yeah, definitely and, a good thing. Mid process. They're like, what are you guys doing? Let's, let's keep these separate. And I think that's good. But, um, ultimately yeah. what I think is good is when the judges intervene and say, no, you need to let these pull watchers in. And uh, that's what I want to see more of, although I think it might be too late. And that's one thing I worry about is, um, mm -hmm. and we talked about the exploits, the security expert earlier, and he was talking about how if the hacker is good enough, they can clean up the audit trail. They can reduce any evidence that it happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, right. I'm hoping that, you know, all these paper ballots still exist and can be um, referenced. Although Project Veritas put out a video the other day show, or that we covered today. Actually, it came out today. I always just, <laughs> I'm losing all sense of time. Um, but it just showed a bunch of like scrapped letters or scrapped ballot pieces they found in the trash, some of which were marked um, spoiled. And they're supposed to hold on to those for like two years or something, and they're showing up in the trash. So are they dumping? Like they've used this yeah. term ballot dumping as if like as in a bunch of uh, Biden ballots show up. But there's also the type of like ballot dumping where they get rid of ballots they don't like. And I'm wondering mm -hmm. how prevalent that is and if, if that evidence is still around. And um yeah, I'm just wondering what happened. And, and uh, we covered earlier these affidavits that people are putting in, um, swearing that they witnessed some shenanigans going on and, and some very seedy behavior, such as people weren't even on the voter rolls. They weren't registered, and they were being put in with birthdays 1-1-1900. One, one, like, yeah. Come on. So uh, oh, yeah, that, we need to get to the bottom of this. Go ahead, guys. That's absolutely crazy. But I guess I'll, I, my closing would be that, you know, at this point in time, even though I favor one over the other, I'm not, you know, ecstatic either way. But I just think that, uh, I don't know, I, I'm not in favor of, of how the Democrats right now behave and use sneaky tactics, you know, especially over the past four years. Just their whole history of what's been going on has just been, I guess... You know, I don't want to use the word despicable, but I mean, they're the ones that are actually despicable in, in how they're handling things. Uh, well, we don't overall, we don't know exactly how prevalent it is. That's one thing I, I have to say. Like, I don't want to say the no, entire no. DNC is despicable, but I, I get your point. Anyone who's who's uh, tampering with the ballot is despicable. I, I'm just saying their behavior over the past four years on how uh, their whole mission was just to, like, get rid of Trump, impeach Trump. Uh, not get business done in you know in the house and in the senate like well i think every, if i think if biden wins we're probably going to see the republicans do something very similar but yeah i'll, believe, I'll agree yeah, that the I, democrats deserve a lot of blame for how they acted in the last four years but the republicans um aren't aren't blameless but i, I do think that they are more palatable for me but you know to each yeah. their own. yeah well i agree and that's why i say i'm not 100 percent either way but uh it's not uh, at this point, it's about the election, and it's about being fair and honest about how these things are done. Well, let's let's and address this real quick before we uh, wrap up. I think this is interesting that there's you know a, a big portion of the country that that support Biden and are just ec ecstatic right now, celebrating in the street, throwing COVID caution to the wind, and they could be in for a very rude awakening, a la 2000 election with Gore. And so they're la they're having the laugh right now, but imagine how jarring this could be if the Republicans ultimately get the last laugh. 
and the the Democrats are ultimately going to think that it was a steal, and yeah. the, everyone's just going to think everyone else is trying to steal the election, right? That's obvious. But um, who's going to end well, up winning, it. King of the Castle kind of thing, or King of the Hill, or whatever it's called? Um, who's going to be there on January twenty four or January twenty first? That's the question, right? We know the LGBTQ is going to you know, be on the Democrat side and then the uninformed and then the media people holding the cameras probably going to have a gun beside their camera. Well, I don't know why you bring up LGBT. That's a small subset of their uh, base. Uh, I'm thinking more about like, okay, what about the riot situation after something well, I mean, like that because happens? Because of I, all, well, see, like you see all the rainbows and stuff happening in those riot situations and BLM. I mean, I just don't think it's, I mean, they definitely pander that group and as a, as a party, they really care about their feelings and, making them inclusive feel included or whatever. But I don't think that that represents a large base, but yeah, I get your point. They, uh, they definitely build that into their messaging more than the Republicans do uh, infinitely yeah. more, but, uh, yeah, let's wrap this up guys. I appreciate you calling in and, um, definitely. I hope you calling. <laughs> I can't speak. It's been a long day. I hope you call in again in, in the future and, uh, definitely, uh, Keep an eye out there and let me know. You can email me anytime, timtruth at protonmail.com if anything comes up, if you uh, get a scoop that you want to pass along. Yeah. And uh, well, yeah, any, any final words to the people out there, guys? I, I just want to thank you again for, uh, you know, bringing, off, like, bringing all these bits and pieces, putting them all together, uh, allowing us all to kind of like just see, uh, you know, what's going on. I, I know you're getting reports from all these different sources. But, you know, at least then we're able to digest it and kind of see how's it, how, how it's going. And again, for me, it's about the election. I just want to know that it's been fair and it's accountable and that we audit it. And then either way, whoever wins, it is what it is. And we uh, need to so, fix this for next round, right? I mean, this is insane. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, and if, if Trump wins, we're going to just get more uh, four years of the same thing. They're just going to keep fighting and fighting. And if uh, Biden wins, I think that the Republicans are a little bit less aggressive in their tactics. So I think they'll just accept it and then kind of deal with it in the House and the Congress. Uh, so yep. that's my take. Yeah. Yep. So we'll have to see how this unrolls. It's going to be a long couple of weeks. Um, I heard something about the DOJ doesn't look into it for 10 days after the election. I don't know if that's true, hmm. but uh, that's coming up if, if it is true. Uh, we also yeah, have Monday. Um, we have Monday coming up, which is the uh, the day they start uh, prosecuting in court. So we'll see how Trump's legal team does. Uh, go ahead, man. What were you going to say to close out? Yeah, I was going to say thank you for you know listening in to me. But you know, I really enjoy listening to you, and you go through all the facts. And I'm a late, a little bit more lazy. Like I wouldn't scroll through everything, so you do it for me. So that's what I like. And then um, also the quiver. Um, is in Genesis 27.3, it says, Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow, and go out into the field and take me some venison. So, And that's deer, right? Yeah, I think so. So, But yeah, I mean, quiver and thy bow. I guess she said quiver and arrows, but, you know, whatever right. she was talking about, she had something up her sleeve. Interesting, you know? interesting. Yep, yep. But, and uh, we'll have to thank see. Thank you for everything. Yeah, we're going to have to see. Very interesting times. I appreciate what you said there about uh, appreciating the, uh, the what's it called, curating the, the tweets and stuff. Yeah, I do a lot of scrolling so, you, so people uh, yeah. can scroll a little less and just sit back and have it read to them. So I appreciate yeah. that a lot, and uh, I'll, keep, I'll keep doing you know, that. 
a real quick forecast. Remember when Hillary Clinton said about, I don't know, two weeks, a month before the election, to, he, she told or warned Joe Biden, do not concede at, 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 on election day. Or, right, you know, right. And Podesta advised the same. And I think that was a forecast to say, hey, we've got your back. And well, I also got- wonder, just to add it, I don't mean to cut you off. I want to hear what you were going to say. I also wonder if they haven't been employing these tactics for in the past. And what if they tried to do it back in 2016, but they couldn't fake enough for Hillary? Well, that's what I mean. I think they were already working on it like a machine, you know, like we were, we're preparing, we're doing things in the background. And so whatever you do, Joe, don't concede because just wait and see what happens. So I yeah. think that's what's in the works as we speak. A lot of eerie comments that if you go back and look at them, like Joe Biden's, we've assembled the largest voter fraud organization in American politics. Oh, my gosh. Some of those what quotes you go back and you're one. like, and there's also one that people are airing now with Jimmy Fallon and Bernie Sanders. That's just like an eerie match. But yeah, it's going to be uh, turbulent times ahead, I think. And a lot uh, of people are going to go to jail on the Republican or the Democrat side. It sounds like, you know, possibly. Yeah, that's a good point. And it's going to be a roller coaster. It's going to be a roller coaster for both sides in, in wholly different ways. At diff- yeah. th- th- some people are going to be at the peak at some points and other people are going to be way down and it's going to go up and down and back and forth. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not switching back and forth so many times, as I said there, but I think there's going to be a couple more switches before it's all said and done. So hopefully you guys will come back as we um, analyze and comment on uh, history as it unfolds. So uh, thank you so much, panel. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day. All right. You too. All right. Take care, guys. All right. So that was uh, the call-in show today. Um, I appreciate everybody tuning in as we covered a lot of the news. Uh, Let's see if there's anything else in our lineup here. Uh, leave a chat if you um, if you have anything to add, and I want to shout out everybody who's chatting there. Remember, Trump put this out. The observers were not allowed into the counting rooms. I won the election, got 71 million legal votes. Bad things happened, which our observers were not allowed to see. Never happened before. Millions of mail-in ballots were sent to people who never asked for them. So they're going to start um, challenging in courts on uh, tomorrow, on Monday. And uh, we're going to see what happens. Uh, big shout out to T4T, Mark Madsen, Zen, Stefan, Babu, Rude Earther just left, but he was in here. Kimmy, good to see you, Kimmy. Thank you, everybody, for stopping by. And I hope you all have a great rest of your day. This was just a late night show with Colin and news and tomorrow we'll have another show on the main channel make sure to uh, add this channel and the main tim truth channel that's youtube.com slash tim truth and i really appreciate it uh stay in touch you can uh message me on patreon.com slash tim truth i i answer all the messages there and um there's also a lot of videos you unlock and it's just a one dollar a month cover charge to be on patreon and it helps us crowdfund this work and this research and it really means a lot all the people on there supporting me and if you want to add your name there i'd really appreciate it so thank you everybody and i hope you all have a great rest of your day